everyone. This is the Easy Allies podcast. I'm your moderator, Kyle Bossman, and joining us this week, Bradley Ellis, uh. Michael Damiani, <laughs> and Brandon Jones. Oh? Yeah, I like those noises. Brad, what is your goal this week? My goal is to get up and give Damian an Oreo and have him eat it. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Is, is Bad. It, is it like getting provoked to do it, or that's just your goal? Your goal no, is just to do just that. Just give some Damiani point? an Oreo. Great. Actually, get up and give him an Oreo. Damiani, what is your too goal? Too bad this we week? just had like a lot of like candy given to us. Too bad for you. Yeah, yeah you're gonna have to eat an Oreo, you. Damiani. He doesn't have to. I mean, he doesn't have to. Go, goals doesn't have to. Happen. My goal, yeah. yes, is to use in a sentence, unforced, the word susurration. Ooh, good word. Brandon Jones, what's your goal this week? My goal is to give each of you fine gentlemen a thumbs up individually. Mm, nice. Ooh, positive. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, my goal is to, if anyone else says E3, to follow it up with Bibbit. <laughs> E3. Bibbit. Okay, so let's get into corrections. Begin corrections music, please. Allison Court, the original uh, voice of Claire Redfield, had a clarification. Uh, she says, I'm not striking. People have the info wrong. I'm with ACTRA in Canada. ACTRA is now on strike, and Capcom made the decision to go non-union long before the SAG, the American Union, went on strike. And also, I think it should be noted that uh, people who are striking are not striking against Capcom in particular. Mm. Uh, Yoshi isn't made of yarn in Yoshi. He's made of some other fabrics and puffs. Not quite yarn. Uh, two original Xbox games were announced for backwards compatibility, Crimson Skies and Fusion Frenzy. Nice. End corrections music. What's funny is, uh, I don't think Fusion Frenzy was announced at the time we did our recording. Uh, Uh, Phil Spencer was on the giant bomb couch and was just talking about what has been announced. And he's like, uh, uh, Crimson Skies and... I think we said fusion frenzy we think we announced that and like i can't find any record of fusion frenzy before that interview so i think he just kind of announced it there but yeah it's cool. it. sorry so just dropped it just dropped it oh, that's okay. a pretty respectable yeah. list of corrections for an e3 episode well it was yeah. live it was live we had a lot of live oh yeah corrections. that's right. Oh, okay yeah. that's right absolutely but you miss those live <laughs> viewers yeah uh it was fun it's fun to have live uh Corrections, uh, we most likely will not do a live podcast for another 365 <laughs> days. Feels good. Uh, well, less than that. We have some good news to start off this week's podcast. Tell me the news. IO Interactive is now mm. independent. Not only, you know what? I'll just read the statement. This is from IO Interactive CEO Hakan Abrak. Uh, I am proud to announce today that IOI is now officially an independent studio. We have successfully concluded our negotiations with Square Enix and have agreed to a management buyout. Crucially, we will keep all of the rights to the Hitman IP. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. That is a, that is a pretty big deal. We see studios close a lot. We see studios defect sometimes, but rarely ever keep their huge IP from a huge publisher. Uh, I assume that was probably not cheap. I assume no. this is, might be a little scary. They might have lost a lot of money to do that, but I still see that as almost a best-case scenario for IO Interactive. That tells me they believe in that franchise. Yeah. Hitman. They believe in it. We're going to see more Hitman. Oh, for sure. I yeah. think Season 2 is happening officially. They, they said we're, we're, not, we're not stopping development on it when all these rumors surfaced and then it turned out to be true. Uh, they're still working on Hitman. 
Season two. It's good news. People love that hit, man. Jones is grinning right now. I'm so stoked. Well, you rarely hear about this. Yes. And it's like, it's kind of one of those things where you look back and it's like, yeah, but I'm still mad about, uh, no, I'm fine, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. Oh, you cool. know, it's like, it's, it's Square completely has the, the right to say, we don't feel like, you know, financially, you know, uh, supporting this just as, as exciting as it was for them to say we are, mm-hmm. you know, this is a franchise you don't necessarily associate with Square Enix, but we're going to step in and we're, you know, we believe in this. And we're excited about what they did, but we don't believe in it further. You know, we're not interested in investing further. Um, but the team said we are, and they were able to retain the rights, and no bad blood, and it sounds great. Yeah, one thing I should make clear is actually that uh, the CEO thanked Square Enix in that very announcement. Nice. And so there's, like, no good ill vibes. will there. That's yeah, good. Yeah, that's good nice vibes. vibes. Damiani, you were giving me a skeptical expression at the conclusion of this this announcement. Uh, part of me wonders if they were able to do this because they used, obviously said season two is in development, or they said yeah. that it's coming. Uh, they didn't have some kind of uh, pre-negotiations going with either Microsoft or Sony about picking them up. You like mean help, to be able to afford Helping it. them out, yeah. Like saying, hey, uh, we are, through negotiation channels, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they reached out to other publishers, specifically either Microsoft or Sony. Because a lot of people are saying, hmm, Microsoft buying IO Interactive makes a lot of sense for them. They'd get another like exclusive or something added to their to their platform. That would be like a good match for yeah. them. We talked about want, publishers. Yeah, I wonder if they were reaching out for feelers, got hits back, and were like, all right, if we go this route, we have people who are going to help back us. Even though we're independent, we got publishers who are going to help us out, make this next one. It might be exclusive to a platform, but... We can afford to buy out this, and as you said, that like you were scared about how much this would probably cost them. It probably cost a lot. They of probably money. are taking a big mm-hmm. hit because they know they have someone who's going to back them up very quickly. Um, it feels like doing this um, with that risk seems like, as you said, very scary. If they had nothing lined up other than, hey, we're planning to release season two, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think that would cover how much they probably had to put into buying themselves out their ownership. Uh, it's a good point. The thank uh, you they're it, they're yeah. investing in their own future, I think. Yeah. I don't think they plan to make that money back on season two, obviously. I think they plan to make that money back making their own games. Yeah, the they might have a careers. longer-term plan, but yeah. part of me really suspects that someone else in the near future will be announced as some kind of like partner or sure. par- teaming up with them to help bring mm-hmm. you something. That'd be and interesting everyone to will be like, oh, okay, now, now it like, makes sense. I wonder if this includes like merch and stuff, you know? Across the board, anything Hitman. Mm, all rights, yeah. That's you all there. So yeah. I wonder if, yeah, if you uh, double down on that. Not like the Hitman merch is flying New off movie. the shelves, but still, yeah. like, it's it's more than just games and, and movies too. I wonder, you know, it's like there are the game two, rights, right? There but are I wonder two. I think so, yeah. yeah. Neither did. Let's go for three, Neither maybe. I got the film well. rights. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't honestly. I don't think Hitman as a property is that valuable. Uh, which is kind of like that's kind of where I want to steer this conversation next is Square Enix and its properties. <laughs> Uh, with the announcement last year, or yeah, that was last year, that uh, they're making these Marvel games mm-hmm. and putting some of their best studios on those Marvel games, that was kind of appalling to me. Uh, and then IO Interactive on top of that kind of made sense in, in that Square Enix is just going in this direction. And I'm wondering if Square Enix will have room anymore for games of the Hitman caliber, of the Thief caliber. Uh, you talking like mid-tier? Mid-tier, Yeah. Are, hmm. are those disappearing? Because obviously they still care about, you know, uh, Octopath. Oh, yeah. Tomb Raider I'd put up in, like, AAA, though. I'd, I would call tr- Tomb Raider AAA. Octopath's, like, mid-tier. As that's low-tier. As cool as it would probably be, that's but, low-tier. like, bid, oh, budget-wise? Yeah, okay. budget-wise, that's All right. low-tier, for All right. sure. All right, that's fair. And so do, do we think, going forward, we see Square Enix dumping that mid-tier? Maybe they don't need it. 
maybe it's not financially valuable for them to have mid-tier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of their announcements coming out are either... A lot of the lower tier ones you said. You, you mentioned Octopath. You, Lost Sphere yeah. was the other one. Lost Sphere yeah. 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 For sure. Um, Budget-wise. They have a lot of mobile yeah. stuff yeah. that they're heavily invested in uh, with uh, Mobius and... Uh, fancy, yeah. 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 And the Go and the, games. And, yeah, and the, I was about to yeah. the Go games. Sure. Like, they support those. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they figured out what their focus is, which is on... The kind of like lower tier, like as in less budget, like lower budget yeah, games yeah, yeah. that have a, like a pretty decent return to high return on them that make them completely worth it, easier to churn out in a smaller time. Because where they're really struggling is with their AAA stuff. Their their AAA stuff is just taking too long to come out. Mm-hmm. It's like they it doesn't seem like they've learned any lessons. We. I personally they sold a lot of Final Fantasy 15. They no, okay, they did. But yeah. That took a long time to come out. Sure. Um, there's. I thought after what happened with 13 and, and, and 1.014 that they're like, all right, we got to get things in shape. And now, yes, 15 came out, sold well. Yeah. The, say the fastest selling 15. Um, I don't know how people feel about it now. Fastest the, the, selling the, 15 of all time. No, fastest selling Final <laughs> Fantasy. Oh, okay. Thank you for catching me on that, Kyle. <laughs> Correction there. Thank you. Um, I don't know how the DLC is doing. Yeah. Uh, the first episode, how well yeah. it sold versus how well episode Prompto is going to sell. Yeah, it's interesting um, to think about. The, all the news that came out about 7 Remake, it's nowhere near finished. Yeah. The, then by proxy, the, the Kingdom Hearts stuff, because it's also another Nomura project. Like, is, okay, does that now affect the development of that? It doesn't seem like they really learned their lesson. Like, their AAA in-house stuff from the Japanese side yeah. seems to be taking forever. Yeah. Still. Like, now. So... Mm-hmm. That mid t- the the B level stuff that was coming out wasn't selling. You, I don't know if I really, as you said, Tomb Raider is not B. That's triple A. Yeah. So you had Hitman, you had Tomb Raider, you have Deus Ex. You'd see those sales predictions that would come out for Square Enix where they expected to sell. Yeah, Deus they would Ex- sell oh. multiple millions of copies. Yeah. Square is like didn't meet our sales. Like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like do you, like nuts. they just had these weird expectations for those. I just don't think they knew what to do with them or how to turn them into a, like a profit mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. So I think Hitman's the first one that they're getting, they're shipping off. They're like, okay, that's the the least valuable of the ones we have. Mm-hmm. So I would not be too see too surprised to see. Some of the people being, as you said, converted to the Marvel games, and that's going to be their focus. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised in the next year or so to see like maybe some more departures or news of like, hmm, Deus Ex like isn't coming back anytime soon. Everyone like it just didn't do it. And if Tomb Raider doesn't do well with the next one, the that wasn't officially announced, was it? No, just still tease. We still, even saw, we saw another leak of that, the yeah. Shadow of the Tomb Raider still, this week. Still leaked. Yeah, one of the worst kept secrets. Yeah, uh, if that does come out and it doesn't do very well, especially after the last one with the the weird exclusivity. Yeah, didn't crap. that kill it? Yeah, much? like yeah. that hurt it a lot. I won't say it killed it, but well, it, it did not help. It, it did yeah. not help a lot. That might be the that might be the last one to go. So I wouldn't be surprised. Deus Ex and at some point Tomb Raider mm-hmm. are just like, yeah, they don't fit into our plan. Like we're gonna we're gonna go back to what. And we And that know bums about. me out because Square Enix showed so much enthusiasm enthusiasm for when they picked up those properties, mm-hmm. and they did well when they came out. When you think of Deus Ex Human Revolution and how cool that was. Uh, and, uh, well, the, the Tomb Raider reboot, I think Hitman Absolution was under Square Enix, and so for that reason you could say, like, oh, come yes. on, man. But uh, it, it seemed cool that they were willing to go global, and, yeah, to me, I don't even know if it's, if it's like, if it's about growth. If you look at what Activision does and what EA does, they're kind of that same thing, where they will have some lower-tier stuff, but the ravine between that lower-tier and that mm-hmm. AAA huge budget is deep. 
I feel like Square Enix was one of the company, the Japanese companies that got in back when they acquired uh, the those properties when yeah. they got when they got a uh, Idos Interactive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, and Crystal Dynamics. Um, that's also when Capcom started, like that generation. Capcom started to go after Western developers for all those those games. Uh, was the Rocketeer like Dark game? Void? Dark, Dark Void, Void, the Lost yes. uh, Lost Planet stuff. Yeah. Like they were going after Western companies. There seemed to be this craze, like. Japanese companies thought, oh, this will be, this will help us out. We gotta go. Like everyone's talking about Western games are like beating us out. Yeah. Let's go get. Let's go bring in a bunch of studios under our banners. It seems like all those companies now have kind of like said no to all that. And they like didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I think Square Enix is the last that has a few of those under its wing, and they're like they're the last to kind of like push them out. Like all right, they didn't exactly work out mm-hmm. for everyone. So I think you're seeing like the last remnants of, of that that phase. That happened. Uh, before we move on, though, I do want to give credit to Near Automata because that is not, I think, a full AAA budget game that Square Enix was willing to publish mm. and willing to give a lot of attention to I, and actually sold dude, really well. I can't well. believe they made an- another Near. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. crazy they made another Near, and it's crazy this one was so well supported. Well, yeah, and, and it Platinum sold well, yeah. Developed it as well and or helped out with the development. And so, yeah, that's like really cool. The CEO cool. of Square being a boss in the game, it's just like that, that goes a long way for me. Yeah. For somebody to be like, okay, you put my likeness in there, make me look stupid, it's fine. Yeah, fight. We're silly. You fight. Know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, Jones. It, it kind of suggests some coolness to Square Enix. So, Jones, what is your vision of Square Enix? As opposed to Activision and EA, where do you put Square Enix? What is, it, what is the perception of Square Enix as a publisher? I, I got to give them more time. I mean, I, I think, uh, like Dummy was saying, there's a lot of clouds surrounding things that they're doing that I'm excited. I have no idea when they're coming out. I have no idea when the next time we're going to see it. I'd like to see more FF7 remake at PSX, but no confirmation that's mm-hmm. going to be there. Probably no confirmation be. of Kingdom Hearts. Maybe we'll see it at D23 this summer. Yeah. Who knows? You will. No, we, we, we will. We'll see, we'll yeah, see that. They yeah. have promised that for you, at least. That, that seems like a pretty obvious synergy if they're going to be you know, yeah. having them there. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I, I think um, I don't feel as confident in the company as I did back when they were, uh, you know, seemed to have their hands in a lot of different things. They were working on something as as persistent as a 14 that needed to be supported every single month with new stuff yeah. uh, versus like little trickles of announcements for things I knew were years off and exciting announcements that I had to remind myself, oh, yeah, Square is behind Life is Strange. Square is behind, you know, these other things. That, like, well, that's a good one to bring up. That yeah, I did, because I, I yeah. you know, again, I just, I literally, until I s- said that sentence, those words were coming out of my mouth, my brain yeah. was like, right, made that attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exciting for a company like that to subvert expectations and and kind of get a, get out ahead of it. And get the feeling that, like, we're bringing this to you. This it probably would not have happened if we were bringing this to you. And I think that was the what felt icky about Tomb Raider is it didn't feel like that. Where it was just like, this wouldn't have happened, you know, for that exclusivity deal. It was just like, oh, Microsoft is coming in. Thank goodness. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened. Felt like, uh, I don't know. Sure. Maybe that would have done better. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, optimistic but patient at the moment to, uh, to get more info. To see what the next wave is going to be. Especially those Marvel games. Like, it seems like Disney's making a lot of great decisions with Marvel right now. Um, but who knows? <laughs> Oh, yeah. All it takes is just one weird project. And it seems like they're investing so much in it. Investing like they're investing so much. And as Damiani just said, I don't think we can expect to play those games for years. That's yeah, I, yeah. I just wish I found out about that game when I found out about the game and not found out about the deal. Yes. You find yes, out about sure. a deal. Yeah. And it felt like a deal. It and they made a gooey. trailer to announce that deal. Even. Yeah. Oh, they had a trailer? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just, it just so showed weird. like yeah. Cap Shield. And, yeah. you know, oh. like, yeah. It had some dialogue over it. Super generic. It was bad. Hmm. Uh, here's another deal. Here's here's another one that makes us feel icky, I think. What's the deal, Kyle? Modern Warfare Remastered is getting its own release. How much? 
Oh, I saw Jones's eyes light up in it's red. Brad, let me see if I still have you. $39.99 US dollars. Um, when did this come out? This came out November 4th of last $40? year. $40? Yeah. Yep. No. But you That's, had, yeah. you had no. to buy it. That is, a, that is too much. It's too much. Right. You had to so, buy which one? Uh, Originally. You had to buy the $80 version of Infinite Warfare. Infinite, Infinite Warfare. Infinite <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or more. But $80 was the least you could spend to play this last year. man. That's crazy. Uh, so I think a lot of people expected it to be 20 yeah, Last yeah, year I it paid should 20 be twenty extra to play this. Yeah, twenty nine ninety nine max. Forty yeah. bucks. So that's a forty dollar game. Uh, most likely coming out June twenty seventh on PS four and July twenty seventh on Xbox One. And by the way, this is not official. I expect by the time this is live, it okay. will be. Okay. Uh, CharlieIntel.com, uh, a Call of Duty only website. Nice. Uh, received images of the box and its price at Target and all those things. Gotcha. Uh, and so it's real. You can see the box. It's cl- wrapped in everything. It's it's there. It's it's going to be released by it on its own and so yeah uh, a lot of my questions i had written down were were abruptly answered uh like if it, if they waited too long if the price is too much it's too much i mean they know they know how much they know the value of that game is it 40 dollars? they know people they know people will pay that because yep despite all the the criticisms that came out over that whole ordeal and infinite warfare's release mm-hmm. so much of the feedback was basically said can we just buy the standalone there'd be people like i'd rather pay 60 dollars for just modern warfare remastered and infinite yeah, war i do remember so that they know oh, no, they no, know no, they no, know what's up they, yeah. they, they, they know what's up you should and, have written that comment yeah they saw that comment <laughs> and I, I feel like most hd remasters on like i'm trying to because i buy most for for playstation mm-hmm. are in the 30 to 40 dollar range some are collections though and mm-hmm. include multiple games so I don't see it as completely outrageous, but I, I would have preferred it at a, a lower price point. Honestly, yeah, I think twenty nine ninety nine would or even like thirty four ninety nine, but not like the forty dollars is like pushing it. It's like yeah, thirty I would understand. If it was thirty, I'd be like, oh okay, you know, like I, it like would be half, nice if it was cheaper. Half, you know? Twenty like, would be yeah. the sweet spot. Yeah, maybe half yeah. the price of a of a new twenty game. would be exciting. I would I would be excited about that. Maybe tweet that hey, twenty bucks. There's no reason you shouldn't yeah. buy this. Forty's mm-hmm. like maybe yeah. Uh, Maybe don't. Uh, there's 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 this thing is too late because you said like is it too yeah. much or too late? Like yeah. it's a it's a remake of an old game, so it's like there's you know there's it's always time to go back to that franchise if you hadn't. I guess why I asked that Jones is that up until now, if you ask them in an interview, they would say no, we're not selling that on its own. We're not separating it. The, the question I have is is it going to work out better for them? Because I'm usually a fan of the delay. Is that like we'll do this thing and we'll package it and will we separate later? I don't know. And like yeah. we know you're going to. We're just waiting. And then, okay, I'll reserve and I'll reserve my money and then maybe get it later. And then you get another announcement later, maybe a week when nothing else is happening. And then, okay, now you're making headlines again. Same content, same thing you were selling earlier. You're just selling it in a different – you put a bow on it and then you're selling yeah. it a different way. Regifting. Uh, I, I, I most of the time think it's smart because, hey, you just got another headline. Good for you. That's awesome that you had the same – literal the same product. But repackaging a different way, you get the news out there. But i got to wonder if, if – they're maybe trying to wedge it in between before uh, World War II comes out. Oh, kind yeah. of like made a month where it's like, no, it seems to be talking about Call of Duty right now. Well, mm-hmm. here you go. I wonder if it would have sold better when everyone was excited about it. Oh, like, it would have. When that zeitgeist oh, was You don't have to wonder that. Really, you have to wonder like how much money they can... I think they optimized the money they can make out of this. Yeah, I think they did that right. Yeah, it was all strategic. It was, had it all yeah. planned out. Because if you attach the, if you had it forty, then then I go, oh, okay, it's half off basically. If I spend the eighty yeah. on Infinite Warfare, maybe a game I might have felt like skipping is a space stuff I'm not necessarily into. But like, boy, I love that first Modern Warfare. 
And then, but it's like you have weight and you delay it later and then it's twice as much. Like, ugh. I have a question. I was thinking about this recently. Uh, the Assassin's Creed game. You remember they launched one on next gen and one on last gen. Yes. The one on last oh, gen is like Unity and Rogue. 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 Yeah. Um, did that ever release on PS4, Xbox One? I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't no. think it did. That's what I think. That that, that would kind of be saying. a remaster in a way. They'd and I was thinking like about that. I think it. when that happened, we all assumed, oh, that'll come to PS4 eventually. That'll come to Xbox One eventually. And yeah. then it never did. And yeah. so that one actually made me doubt that this would ever be sold alone. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Got enough time. To go <laughs> Rogue by. could still happen. Yeah. Rogue Rogue anytime, happen. dude. Drop it. Yeah. Um, it's also it's the tenth. 10-year anniversary of Modern Warfare as well. So right now? Uh, right? Okay. Oh, dude, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't it was remember. 2007, so okay. it's 10 years, so it's standalone release. And the thing is, it is a good remaster. Yeah. This is not a phoned-in remaster. They put a lot of work into it, and you sure. can su- you can see it when you play through the, it. The, the main reason, um, I'm, I'm actually, I, I I don't prefer the campaigns, because I think multiplayer is, is a superior product whenever they release most Call of Duties. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I do love that campaign for the first Modern Warfare. But such a trip going in and playing these maps with new with, with current gamers. Like people that are, you know, reared on on Call of Duty and are used to be it being what it is in modern days, it's crazy to go back to these like small congested maps and just like get killed immediately every single time. Sure. Just the pace of Call of Duty. It's a it's a great shock to the system if you've played a lot of COD to go back and and uh, play multiplayer on current servers with these old maps and guns and What's up, Damian? Yeah, so they didn't mess, I didn't pay attention to any reviews or anything of the remastered, but didn't mess with the online at all, did they? I thought movements the same, but they added some stuff. They added some DLC. They added some guns that weren't there in the original. Really? The the multiplayer is not untouched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Compromised. Hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't know if that had it because I know that's a huge part of Modern Warfare. Yeah. So the, but they didn't like add wall running and things like that. They kept. They kept oh, I mean, yeah, like sure. the, the, the performance, like the new servers are on and stuff. Like, did people complain about? I uh, had private like servers. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, am I doing dedicated servers? Dedicated, dedicated servers. servers. Okay. Uh, so that was I mean, a big deal when Modern Warfare Two came out. I think when it didn't have that. Sure, oh, I, I do yeah, remember that being a thing. Like that. Uh, but I never remember what's good and what's bad. <laughs> do you want dedicated servers or not? I don't. Obviously, you want dedicated servers. It sounds good. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Our next story. Uh, look, you know I don't like talking about the NPDs, but uh, it's you know it's the week after E3. There's no news the week after E3. We're lucky to have this stuff. Uh, Injustice Two, number one on the May NPDs. NPDs, by the way, are the uh, sales reports uh, in the United States or North America. Are they just physical sales? Uh, no, so they added a lot of digital stuff recently. Cool. Not all digital stuff. Not all stuff, of it, some of it. But some of it. And Very so, cool. yeah, they're reporting a lot of digital sales as well. Injustice 2 on top. Nice. And I was like, I was thinking about Injustice 2, and I really want to have a discussion about it, panel, because I think it's a unique game. Uh, I think it is... I, th- I think you can look at that game and say this is a trend. This game follows some trends, and so what I have are some statements that I want to talk about. Some truths about Injustice 2, and I want to talk about each of these truths. Injustice 2 is a licensed video game. Mm-hmm. That's pretty weird. Yep. It's pretty weird to see a licensed video game be like this, but I think that we're in this time now where licensed video games are like this. That is not a bad word anymore. Yeah. Only when it's tied to a movie. 
movie license. Well, it's tied to yeah. movie. It's usually, I, I, usually. I don't think it's ever always been licensed games. There is that sort of stigma with licensed games. Mm-hmm. When you say a movie, it's a movie license. Yeah, that's when I think it's like that's that's just like the nail in the coffin. It's like, all right, nope, I'm out. What, what, what yeah. is this trap? I hear Because have to come out by a certain time. You know, they're gonna be rushed. Or always like outsource some like low tier team. Uh, I mean, I mean all those tier. famous, infamous, not famous, infamous Sega ones that came out for all the Marvel games. Oh, for Iron Man. Those were so like the the mid to the late two thousands ones. Those That's were the thing. Trash. I mean, yeah, because you can. Oh yeah, the Iron Man one. Thor. Uh, yeah, one. you can point though. You can say Marvel games, fighting games have been huge. You know they've been. But if you look at like DC, if you look at anything but Marvel and look at fighting games that are uh, licensed, Superhero? oh, licensed at all, they're normally not good. I mean. They're normally not the best-selling game of the month. Are you talking yeah, about like, just using the property or yeah. license based on a specific like uh, like something that was already in another medium, like a movie or TV? Because like I'll say it like property, like uh, Arkham games. Like, no, we're talking this. fighting games. Okay, you're just talking about fighting games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should um, I should have said it. Yeah, I there's, guess there's there's been. I mean, I don't know how well in terms of sales and quality, but in terms of quality, you had the during the GameCube era, you had the. The Naruto Ultimate Fighting Games. Was that number one in the MPGs on any month? Dude, I think that's what you're talking about, man. Yeah, those, this is ridiculous. But those were good games. Like, people, like those actually, people like those I games. I think those were, like, been... player's choice. Like, they sold enough to be, like, you know, whatever, oh. million sellers, so, yeah, whatever like Japan, it is. I, now, I'm sorry, I know we're not... I don't know if we just want to keep it to North America, but... I don't need to, no. But, like, in Japan, like, the Bleach Fighting Games on PSP used yeah. to sell pretty well. Um, they've had several Dragon Ball games, fighting games, that have done well before, you know... Fighters is yeah. coming out. I'm sure Fighters will be your next one. That'll be like the the big one. You're like, yeah, Fighters. What do you mean? My next truth? Oh, the, Fighters to, number to, one. Oh, Dragon yeah. Ball yeah. Fighters. Dragon Ball, Z. Dragon, Dragon Ball Fighters might be like. I'm the, sorry, like, I didn't hear the Z that you added onto that. Yeah. Absolutely. That, yeah, that thing. No, I don't think great expectations. Even Fighters, I don't see getting to the top of the the NPCs. Come on, Kyle, you gotta believe, man. Yeah. You gotta believe what? to the top. I don't think it's, it's gonna be multi-platform. The, I don't think it's gonna be the best selling game of that month. Oh, well. Well, we got to know what month is coming out and what against, yeah, but... Yeah. We know it's early I, 2018, by the way. Oh, I... Or I, spring. I think it was spring game, 2018. That game, I think, has a good chance of not only being number one, but selling a ton of copies. All right. It'll be... Not only will it be Arc System Works, like, number one best-selling game of all time, <laughs> it, it, it could probably... It I'll could, take this bet, Damiani. It could be up there as, like, one of the best-selling fighting games of The all launch time. month of Dragon Ball Fighters. it will not be number one in the NPDs. You want to take that bet? I need to know the month. We don't know the month. I know. I, I will take that oh. bet once I know the month. Okay, oh, here. Sad. I'll have this. It will not be one or number two. Oh. Again, depends on the month. Oh. Damiani, you got to take the bet. Yeah, when God of War take and Spider-Man bet. come out in the same month as Dragon Ball? Why would God of War and Spider-Man 2 huge Sony exclusives come out in the same month? Why would two Bethesda huge exclusives come out so, in the same month? Well, here's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, what if, yeah, what if, like, never mind. What if so, it comes out, like, I the don't end know. of the month? What's like, up? I need to know the release schedule. Well, here's we what we're will, talking about. We will clarify this. You know, Write this down. We will clarify this bet at a later date. I'm not clarifying this bet at a later date. Here's what we're talking about, though, Damiani, is Injustice 2 is the best-selling game of that Which month. Which is amazing. That's a huge deal. Oh, yeah. it's a. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, fighters will get there, but fighters will do well. Absolutely. Uh, and I think fighters is along this trend of, of fighting games being popular. What else also came out in May, Kyle? Ooh, I wish I had the the, the top. There one. was another fighting game that came out, didn't do very well. It was only on Switch. Oh, 
Are you talking about Street Fighter? Yeah, Street yeah it counts. Hey, counts. that counts. But Absolutely. And so well. Didn't rank. But what else came out in May that would like would have been its competition? Because I did take a look at it. I know your intent was not to go in depth with the MPD, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on there. I saw mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild on there, which I was surprised. I thought Breath of the Wild actually would have dropped off, but still in the top 10. Still yeah. chugging, baby. Breath of the Wild good. great. Uh, I thought Prey was on there, maybe? Yeah, but not high. Okay. Uh-oh. Um, basically, I just wanted to see like what else came out within like a month of in the month of May or even like late April. So Mario Kart Eight. So you're count. suggesting it's not even impressive that this is the best selling. No, game I saw the analysis. It said it had it sold close to a million. Probably was the estimate, mm-hmm. which is not not that bad. That's pretty good. Okay, like almost a million. But multi platform. Consider you know Zelda, like Breath of the Wild, almost sold that in one month. <laughs> On one system, Zelda's multi-platform. Uh-oh. No, this the the <clears throat> the Switch version sold one to one and almost sold a million copies in one month. So. Uh, well, there's nothing else to buy when it came Wii, out. There's a Wii U version. Um, okay, so Mario Kart Eight was number two. Grand Theft Auto Five was number three. <laughs> Jesus, keep selling. Look at uh, <laughs> it'll never yeah. end. It'll never end. Well, John loves it too. Twenty years from now, it'll be like a number eight spot. <laughs> uh, Breath of the Wild was number four. Look at that. That's, and that's, I was that, wrong. That, you get a thumbs uh, up for that, Kyle. <laughs> Praise number five. Okay. okay. Praise number five. Oh, nice. Uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands number six. Still selling. Still, Still selling, selling baby. Still selling, man. Uh, Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia number seven. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so NBA 2K17 number eight. Okay. NBA 17. The sorry, MLB The Show 17 uh, number nine. Overwatch number ten. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, let me played look that game this morning for the first time. That's a good game. It's a good video right. game. You guys, you guys, check that game out. You're, so how'd you do today, Jones? I was actually I did good. I got some Hanzo headshots. I was happy. Hanzo. Uh, That's all I, I needed. The only other new release I see is uh, Farpoint at sixteen. And wow. it's, it's Farpoint got 16. That's yeah, higher than I thought it would have got. Yeah, not, Iron Street Fighter. Come on, come on, VR, baby. Yeah, come on, VR. Um, the reason I bring up Month Cal is it does yeah. matter what comes out in the month. Sure. Like being number May one in a month. not a hot month. Yeah, May is not Being a hot number month, one right. on MPD in a certain month might not even mean you like sold that well. I think that's fair, Damiani, because yeah. like if it was number one in November, that then we'd be yeah, pooping our pants. I mean, yeah. what you should bring up, I, I, I don't think you have it in front of you, Kyle, but comparing one's Injustice, original Injustice's first month sales to uh, how Injustice 2 did. I kind of don't even want to inju- compare them against each other too much. I want to compare the, I think this franchise is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think the in, the Injustice movement is interesting. Uh, so absolutely mm-hmm. we can compare them both as huge successes. I think it's well, interesting. It's, it's fascinating me too because I'm a huge DC fan. Batman yeah. is my favorite character from any medium and I, I didn't really play Injustice 1 that much. I played uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC a lot. Because uh, I was attracted, really? I was wow. attracted to that idea. I just got a huge kick out of that. Yeah, and then maybe I just thought Injustice was more the same. I don't know why I did not give it uh, the intention that it probably deserved. I don't remember like what other games I was playing at the time, but like I beat Injustice two the other night. I, I Ooh, played it all just, the way through. Yeah, nice. I, I, I'm dabbling in some multiverse. I'm getting to that point where I'm like, yeah, I might track one or two people online. I'm feeling cool, confident with my Catwoman. I think I'm ready. Did Jones? you go online? Uh, I have not gone online yet. But, wow, uh, Dude. tempted. Just see where I where I stack up. Jones is playing fighting games Brad. and playing Overwatch. Brad. Now? What is going on? But Jones playing fighting games is exactly like why I want to talk about Injustice too, because that is a regular. And yeah. I, I think part. I think the license is part of what. Jo- uh, brings Jones oh, absolutely. in. The, the quality as well. I, I yeah. think Injustice 2 is a game you can watch someone stream for 10 minutes and you can tell, okay, they did not phone this in. Like, yeah. they are not just kind of dancing around these characters and being like, oh, we'll throw Scarecrow in there just because. It's like, yeah. no, it's a very interesting, especially Gorilla Grodd was awesome to see what they did with him in the campaign and like how they justified. Like, there were very few encounters where it's like when they started the fight, I was like, why are these two people fighting? It was always like, oh, yeah. that's a very clever way. You 
made them bump into each other. Yeah, because actually, here's our, here's our next truth, and this is not a fact. This is just something I'm assuming is true. Injustice 2 has the biggest budget single-player campaign in a fighting game. Hmm. That has to be true. Uh, the... the the campaign is ridiculous. Oh, campaign. Ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, like what uh, there's yeah. there's a, there's a battle between Flash and Reverse Flash that travels through environments that you don't see anywhere else in that game. Like you don't see in any multiplayer <laughs> thing in the multiverse and the um, there's like cool. they're like running down a freeway and it's like where does this freeway pop up in anywhere else in this game other than this cutscene? They made it for just that cause like some, some house with a sign next to it. Yeah, they're just yeah exactly. So. Yeah, and, and and for me, it's why though, Jones. It's a fighting fighting games aren't about single player, man. It's not about the campaign. It's not about story. Tell that to Street Fighter Five. Yeah, <laughs> I I think it I think it is a love affair with the characters. I, mm-hmm. I think they you know when, when you see Atrocitus you know from the Green Lantern universe yeah. getting treated with 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 the respect and not only that but understanding why they're here in this game again bringing up Grodd who does mind control it's like oh man you know that opens up all sorts of opportunities for like okay now I'm fighting this character because Grodd's controlling them and like uh, so I, it's when they put people in there was like oh Scarecrow interesting and then it's like oh the fun you could have with Scarecrow in a fighting game like he could pretend to be people and manipulate certain people play on their fears you never really know like what well, I, I don't believe you know certain things are happening versus not um, ver- you know versus like a- again uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC where it's like okay it just seems like you threw that person in there because you gotta have Flash because it's you know yeah it's, uh, you, you know you, ha- you gotta just, you gotta uh, get the most popular DC characters in there. I feel though that Nether Realm right now is setting a standard for fighting games that other as Damiani said like Street Fighter Five had to put one in just to keep up just to be relevant they had to put in a story mode in their in their fighting game and I, I think it is really interesting that uh, it's almost becoming a part of the genre that you're fighting like Tekken Seven needed a story mode uh, whereas that. I mean, they had story mode in the past, but not on this caliber. Basically, just doing what NetherRealm did, this context between matches uh, in fully voiced uh, cutscenes. It was so it was weird. alarming going from the, the the reuniting, you know, not spoiling anything, but there's turmoil in the DC universe in, turmoil, in Justice yes. 1 and 2. Yeah. Uh, uh, friendships broken, alliances shattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a moment in Justice 2 where they all kind of get back together a little bit to fight a greater good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. The difference between the weight of that scene, the eyes looking around across the table, like I trust you, but I don't, you yeah. know, and we're all we're, we're together still, but like you know, Batman's barking orders at us. I don't know how I feel about that. But we'll go along with this for now. Jumping to the trailer we got at E3 2017 for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I mean, I guess nothing. Yeah, no weight, no stakes. Yeah. No, no, we're all just kind of hanging around because you know we're, we all got paid to be here. You know, but Jones, I think that the like, reason why are Chun Li and Captain America having a conversation? Explain that. It's like, yeah. Because they, you know. Brad, I'll pose this to you actually though. Uh, here's my belief. I believe those bad cutscenes are in Infinite only because of NetherRealm games. Is that true, hmm. you would say? Yeah, I guess. Like, NetherRealm set the stage for a single player. Yeah. And it's a big success for them. And those other games are trying to keep up and they can't. Like, for me, who someone who doesn't play fighting games a yeah. lot, I want that single player campaign in there. How come? I want that. Uh, gives depth to the world, to the characters. It makes me care about the characters I'm playing more. Mm-hmm. And it's a good way to like learn the mechanics of the game before you hop online. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's becoming a, a necessary part of fighting game packages, which is crazy. Why get, is it crazy though? Uh, just because what, of what fighting games have been for yeah. the last yeah. twenty five. But years. I think they needed something to evolve 30, though for the last thirty years. Uh, yeah, for and, especially a much bigger audience instead of like there's always the super focused hardcore fighting audience, you know, mm-hmm. who just want it for the mechanics. But there's also if they want those bigger numbers, they get to appeal more to more people. Yeah, and it's weird. I mean, Street Fighter Alpha Three had a really cool story mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is interesting to see it just evolve in this way that 
yeah, these this this intense budget was put into a mode you play once and put away. Uh, it's strange. It's strange to see that kind of emphasis happen, and it seems it's strange that they're being rewarded for it. Also, so, kudos to DC for allowing their characters to look silly. For that, and that's like so I when, I, when, next, I, actually, when yeah. I go into the multiverse, the first yeah. Catwoman that jumped out at me, I was like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. these colors and the head you chose and what? Like, yeah, because that's, that's the final truth I want to talk about. Another interesting thing I think about Injustice Two is that it has loot and cosmetics and microtransactions. Yeah, in a fighting game. Yeah. Ooh, all right, so this oh, one got yeah. a negative response from Brad. I don't know, man. It's just the trend of games nowadays. It kind of is, right? Yeah. I think it's, it's how that game stays relevant business-wise. It's how they keep making money on it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't know about the loot, but, like, the cosmetic stuff and charging for that, like, that's been Capcom's domain since, like, last generation. Yeah. Nothing new about that. They've been charging for all outfit packs forever. Sure. They were uh, one of the first to get on board with that. I guess the, the way, Damiani, that it's different is that in Injustice 2, you can't buy a costume. Outfit. Oh, yeah, no. I know. You're I, buying packs. It, 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 yeah, it's packs, and you're yeah. hoping to get those pieces of gear yeah. to yeah. equip. We saw, I saw Huber go through that yeah. and stuff. But, you know, that's that's the model now. That's the Overwatch model. It's, it's stuff that helps you in the game, though, the armor you get in Injustice, before I get really upset about this. Okay. Uh, in some modes, yes. Yeah. If, you, if you're in the multiverse single player, yes, it will help Is you Is it out. the mode that people play, the main mode that people play in that game? Uh, well, I mean, uh, people play different modes. If you're playing multiplayer online against other humans, you, mm. it, it will be irrelevant. Yeah. If you're playing like... Cosmetically, you yeah. can, I'm, you'll, you'll dude, look like that. I'm 100%, that I'm 100% cool with cosmetics. Mm-hmm. I don't really like stuff that has advantage... Playing wise, so not into it. Okay, so Huber explained this though is the microtransactions you can spend money on are purely cosmetic. Anything that would boost your stats, you have to earn through in-game currency. You have to earn it through in-game. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine with me. I guess. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's weird stuff because it doesn't change the game. It's a lot to keep track of, and I'm yes, sorry it's if very that was confusing weird. to the audience as well. Uh, but I think it's. I think it's. It's a weird... I mean, I think the next Mortal Kombat game will be the same. I think that's going to be in all their fighting games from now on. Yeah. Um, is that is that good? Are other fighting games also going to have to... I mean, Tekken's got weird little items that you can slap think, on your characters, I think too. you're just going to see that in multiplayer games in general. Yeah. Because it works. It works. They make money off it, so why wouldn't they do it? Mm-hmm. I think as long as we stay at $60, that's the kind of stuff we're going to keep seeing. Yeah. Um, but that's how we have a triple-A fighting game. Yeah. That's what pays the bills, basically. It does, yeah. And so I think it's interesting. It is interesting to see that those two things grow in those ways. I'm also loving that we're in an era where treating comic book properties right results in more money. Yeah, <laughs> feels how good, good. Is that? It's so <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can tell, and 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 I like that that it's not that's not a directive that a company can pass down that is just automatically fulfilled. Like you can't just tell a company. Don't screw this up. Make it good like the comic fans want. Mm-hmm. If you have a team of people that don't really know the material, that they're like, I, I don't know. You know, like, I have yet to play the Guardians Telltale game, but it's just like, I would imagine Telltale's like, okay, we should, if we don't know Guardians, let's read up, folks. Yeah. You know, like, let's let's get on this and do it right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, Marvel kind of led the charge with their films. You know, DC's catching up. We finally got Wonder Woman. I wonder if Wonder Woman contributed uh, to the sales of the game. It's interesting seeing a lot of general DC properties yeah. get that Wonder Woman push. <laughs> yeah. uh, it cracked me up when DC Legends changed the image on my phone and now it's Wonder Woman. Oh, the, the update? Front and the Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Superman are like, hi. <laughs> that is cool. Um, uh, she's not a good character in that game, though, in Justice 2. Uh, cool character to play as. She's one okay, of my favorites. Sure. She's actually my second favorite. Yeah, um, I mean story-wise. Story-wise, yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, but it's t- it is tough in a story because you do want to have 
you don't want to justify why people are fighting. And the mistake they made with her is that she they just kind of really put her on Superman's side. It's like, yeah. no matter what, she is not going to waver. Mm. So you kind of needed a couple characters that were always going to be with him and, mm-hmm. and on the, the, the quote-unquote evil side. Yeah. But um, that's what Joe, she just was kind of, yeah, kind of one-dimensional. I realize we're not, like, news-focused anymore. But that, that's, that, kind of, that kind of bothers me about that story is that, like, there is a good and bad side. Whereas, you know, it's more interesting if DC characters are fighting each other and it's like, I don't know what to root for. Like, you know, like Civil War when Marvel fights each other. Yeah. It's like, oh, Cap or Iron Man, I don't know. Um, even that kind of got to like, oh, there's an evil side mm. here. Okay, you know what? I think I hear something. Oh. Am I crazy or is... It sounds like it's podcast halftime! It is, and you're crazy. The following <laughs> are the official sponsors of Easy Allies for the month of June. El Thanis. Mango. Michael Kozachenko, who is producing video game long-form reviews on YouTube at youtube.com slash MishaKoz. Hogue Law, business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. Rick Hogue started Hogue Law to bring more than a decade of experience to companies like yours and is proud to support the Allies. Check him out at www.hoaglaw.com. Sweet Justice, a sound design company from England that focuses on audio for game cinematics and trailers. They're also heavily involved in sound design and sound implementation for games. They've worked on Battlefield, Mirror's Edge, Call of Duty, Injustice 2, and a load of indies. You can see and hear their work at www.sweetjustice.audio. Scorn, an atmospheric horror adventure developed by Ebb Software, set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. Go to scorn-game.com for more information. Richard Smuts, who you can follow at Thraxis. Iron Harvest, a real-time strategy game for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, currently in development at King Art Games. Join their community and help bring the alternate reality of 1920 plus to life. iKeyless. Need a new car key or remote? iKeyless.com has been in the key replacement business since 2002. Check them out today and they can help save you up to 75% off of the dealership's prices. If you type in offer code EZA at checkout, you'll get 15% off of your order. All of these sponsors are available in the description. All of these links as well. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you. I have a lot of love and respect that I want to get into this week. Uh, So I'm just going to dig in. We don't have to fully discuss a lot of these things. A lot of them are just interesting perspectives that that I wasn't aware of. We're going to start with this one. And this one we didn't quite... Ooh. Nice. Oreo denied. Good job, Brad. Good job for remembering. Thumbs up. Oreo denied. (laughs) <laughs> Damiani, I gotta respect it. Uh, Jones, I'll that for you. we didn't have I'll you last week to talk about this, so I'm curious about your perspective on this as well. Love and respect. Allies, I didn't think you gave Bethesda a fair shake on your last podcast. <laughs> Please allow me to give them the credit they deserve. <laughs> this was my first year going to E3, and I must say Bethesda Land was the highlight of my trip. Yeah, baby. My friend and I made it into the event, and it was like entering a dreamland. There was music, the Chainsmokers performed, a Ferris wheel, balloon animal makers who would craft anything Bethesda-related for you, and caricature artists. And they were giving out Nuka-Cola by the boatloads, free cocktails, 
eight collectible Bethesda Free pins. Free custom cocktails. Bethesda-themed cocktails. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and food <laughs> everywhere. Must be nice. Everything was free of charge. Every one of Bethesda fran- Bethesda's franchises had a section you could explore. For example, the Prey Room had all kinds of candy to choose from alongside a specialized cocktail section. Papa Joe's All-American Diner from Wolfenstein was there, and they were giving out free In-N-Out burgers, whoa, fries and ice cream. And the Evil Within Macabre Art Museum, I don't know how else to describe it, had creepy pictures on the walls, and the bartender was giving out champagne to everyone. It was insane. Everyone? I hope not everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, baby, just 21 you might have, You might have needed to be 21 older, I don't yep. know. Uh, I just had to bring this up because even though the presser wasn't all that big, Bethesda was the only publisher to up their game in response to the public's first time getting admission Mm -hmm. to E3. Mm -hmm. It was an experience I will never forget. Love and respect. Noel, a.k.a. Monkey D. Luffy. Um, we were just reviewing the press conference. So yeah, yeah. We weren't reviewing like what anything else well, they're doing. What was crazy to me is I was not aware any of that was happening. That's go. why I think we it's don't a really go. interesting. That's thing. why. Yeah. yeah. So Jones, you saw all this. Uh, I saw, I saw, I've seen pictures of it, and I talked to people that went to it. I did not go to the Bethesda press conference. I was not invited. Oh. 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 Um, oh. But I didn't like reach out to them because I, th- oh. I, 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 you know, was uh, uh, I was thankfully thanks to Mr. Jeff Keeley, I was on YouTube's coverage. Oh right. Uh, right, right. Um, with Stephen Totilla talking um, before and after. Um, you know, pre-thoughts and post-thoughts of Bethesda. So I watched sure. that uh, while wolfing down a pepperoni pizza on the YouTube stage. And I, I will go to bat for the Bethesda press conference. I, I, I obviously, any kind of theme park theme, I'm going to be a fan of. I just wish that was apparent in their actual press conference. Yes. I, think I maybe wish they, they showed us this stuff. I think they maybe could have showed that off more. Maybe like gone outside maybe to, to show off some of it when they yeah. were talking about things. Mm-hmm. Maybe not do the animated thing. Uh, where it's just like, and now we're going to go over to Doomland. And they know? actually they had Doomland show us that. Going to exactly. go outside yeah. and have someone there like, I'm outside Doomland. Yeah. Doom had a great launch. What do you think of Doom? Like, oh, Doom's my favorite. Okay, yeah. let's check out the new thing from Doom. And go back to the stage. Yeah, we'll yeah. see Hell Knight walking around or something yeah. back there. Yeah. Show us. Bring us in, yeah. But uh, uh, to, but I, it does make me curious about the concept of theming your offerings at E3. Having a through line that's, uh, you know, maybe, you know, obviously bonus points for it making sense. Uh, in really, obviously, theme park doesn't really make sense within the world of Doom or really anything that they're doing. Um, uh, but I do, I did like that line because it's something uh, Huber brought up earlier, where it's like if you have the Xbox press conference, where you're like Xbox exclusive, Xbox One X exclusive, Microsoft exclusive. It's kind of the, re- the repetition of again and again and again. That's their theme, really. Like yeah. that was Microsoft's Bethesda land was exclusive. If the word exclusive said mm-hmm. all. And so, as much as I love what Sony does, it would be interesting for them to maybe step up and maybe like have a theme that kind of ties these things together so it's not just Sony's like Sony's theme was weird theatrics this <laughs> yeah, they like, had a theme right they had a theme so and, and, and it they that might not have been a mission statement for them like yep. strange theatrics is what we're doing they yeah. might have just had a bunch of creative ideas and kind of like let it get away from sure. themselves um, so I, I would be curious to explore that in the future you know have them like have something that connects these things. It's not just we decided to do this game first and this game second because that's on our popularity meter, but like it kind of makes sense if you look at it. Like where where demo number one ended and where demo number two picked off. You know, kind of bonus points if you can pull that off. If it's you like can actually a have a story. Mm-hmm. It's like making a playlist. Conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Mixtape, yeah. Yeah, mixtape, thank you. Playlist, yeah. it's a little too new. Say bye. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what the new era is. Hey, let me send you my playlist. 
But it, it is tricky, too, because, you know, it's... Boys it's, in high school, let us know if that works, by the way. Because, uh, I mean, isn't that wonderful if a company brings something to the show at the show? It's not an EA play. You don't got to, like, get yeah. in a cab and go 30 That's minutes awesome. away from downtown. Uh, it's available to people that are there. Mm-hmm. They can go and check it out. That yeah. sounds really cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. It's cool. They I like that, that they did that, yeah. But if you're scoring a press conference, you can't. Yeah, that's all we were oh, doing. Yeah, yeah. Got to separate it. Yeah, I wish they let us know any of that was happening. But thank you for letting <laughs> us know that that happened. That's cool to know. Uh, okay, so this next one is huge. This is so cool. This is, I said we didn't have time for this last week. Uh, before E3, we had uh, ratios of games to speaking uh, for each press conference. Nice. Yes. Uh, Ryan Talby came oh. back and gave us some oh, new stats. Oh, thank you, man. You ready yes. for these stats, Jones? Oh, I love it. I yeah. love this. Hey, guys, I'm back with the E3 2017 conference ratios. Uh, this post I made on the forums has screenshots of all the breakdowns I did for each and every press conference and all information you'd ever need about the shows. Who mentioned this? On an somebody easy to read Excel sheet. Somebody mentioned this. The podcast got mentioned somewhere else because of a love and respect question. Yeah, it was Funhouse's thing. Yeah. Uh, what's that called? The, the, the no. The no. Yeah, yeah. It was on the no, which was cool. Uh, and they totally gave us credit for it and not our community. They were like, Easy Allies put these percentages together. It's oh, like, yeah, yeah, we did. No, it was all talk. That was us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we put the time in. Uh, so anyway, you can find this on our forums on Easy Allies. Uh, the thread looks like it's called E3 2017 Conference Ratios. Anyway, so um, how can I make this a game? How can we make this fun? Okay, so uh, do you remember the last, the worst one last year? EA. The worst percentage, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was 20-something. 20 it was 24%. Yeah. yeah. Who do you think was worse the worst this year. Bethesda, probably. Do we have any more guesses? With talking? Oh, yeah. Percentage-wise, though. Yeah, percentage-wise. Short, short um, yeah. I'm going to say EA again. Damiani, you got a guess, man? They had that super long Battlefront, though. That was a... Uh, yeah, that's that true. A, demo. a lot of talking in that. Damiani, yeah, yeah. you got a guess. Give me a guess. I'll guess something different than Ubisoft. It was EA again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was EA again. Uh, they were at least at 45.9%. And I love I, I hate I love the reaction I had with yeah. the, the, the FIFA announcement. Like, they're yeah. like, announcing these two guys you've never heard of, but they're funny. And they yeah, came yeah. out, and I was like, oh, I love these guys. These are great. And I was like, oh, this is so much better than bringing out a celebrity or something. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, these guys are funny. Like, I might watch this show. Yeah, he's uh oh, okay. You're done. Wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, even like as funny as they were, yep. and as 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 able as they were to handle the script, it was still um, a long script. Way too yeah, long. yeah it was a long <laughs> script. Uh, so that is a dramatic improvement. However, they are still last. Uh, the next two are tied at fifty nine percent on the money. Uh, they had dramatically different lengths of their press conferences. So who do Nintendo's we think is one of them? Who do we think is the two fifty niners? The fifty nine percent Xbox. And I'm gonna say Nintendo and Xbox. Okay, I'll say Xbox and Bethesda. Mm. Don you got a guess? No. Okay, it's Ubisoft and Bethesda. Ooh. Uh, So Ubisoft was Xbox beat out Ubisoft. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Xbox still up there. So uh, yeah. Ubisoft's press conference was an hour and 10 minutes and 20 seconds long, and so they had 41 minutes of games. Uh, Bethesda's was short this year. Uh, You know, they had a 37-minute long presentation. (laughs) Wow, that's it? Uh, 22 minutes of that was games, and so each of those works out to be 59%, which is kind of interesting. Ubisoft just had more games to show. Yeah. Uh, Which is interesting. It's it's cool. Uh, Bethesda is a more particular studio and I like that they went shorter this year. Yeah. They said these are the games we have, we're showing these games and they didn't I think that's okay. Unless a lot of people that like uh um around the world that were like, I stayed up for that. You owe me an apology, Bethesda. Mm-mm. I was like, wait a minute, it was up to you to stay up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like staying up late for like the end of a season finale of a show and then being pissed at the creators because you didn't like the season finale. It's like 
all right, but it's on you to to watch it live. You and know, also, like, they <laughs> ended with uh, Wolfenstein and The Evil Within Two. Like, how can yeah, you mean the end? The end was the two best. Two good endings. Yeah, two good crunches. Okay, so next we have sixty-eight point seven percent, and you know what? We have we have seventy point nine as well. So let's group these next two together because that's close enough. Like, how would you know? How could you possibly guess? So who are those two? The One of those six- is Nintendo. Absolutely, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is actually a, a slight decrease for Nintendo. Oh, okay. Nintendo so, Sony's number one. I mean, Nintendo Sony. and Xbox? Uh, yeah, so it is. Those are those two. So that's a dramatic increase for Microsoft, who last year was 55.7, this year 70.9% games. Excellent. They nice. went hard on games. <clears throat> I actually, I really like that. Phil Spencer came out and said, what, I'm, we're, we're going to show off 44 games, 22 of them are going to have the like, word exclusive in front of them. Yeah, okay, I get it, Jones. It's <laughs> annoying to have exclusive. But... That was a lot of games. That was a lot yeah. of games to yeah, show off. Uh, and interesting, too. Um, Nintendo obviously had the shortest thing ever. Uh, it's weird, actually, we have a percentage for Nintendo last year since, really, they just did Zelda. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It was, yeah. Didn't they start with Treehouse Live? They started with that Zelda trailer. Reggie came out, introduced the Zelda yeah. trailer, and then, the, the like, an hour of talking about the Pokemon game, Sun and Moon, last year. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so those are cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What, the, I, 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 that was right when I showed up at IGN because mm-hmm. I, I worked for IGN that day last year. Oh yeah, I remember great. like showing up at the team and they had Pokemon up there and I was like, oh yeah, what'd they do? And they were just like, they're talking about Pokemon now. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, okay. I'm kind of curious just, what new Pokemon just, they have. Even me though, no, even no, me no. Like, like that was that was too much because they didn't even show new stuff. I think until like a half hour into that hour. Whoa. Yeah, it was brutal. Okay, so yeah, we know Sony's number one again. Last year they were at seventy point six percent games. Mm-hmm. What do we guess the percentage is this year? Hmm. They did 75. very little talking. No, I, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to say 80. Flat 80. Okay, I want to hear more guesses. 77. Damiani, you got a guess? I wouldn't be surprised 84. if it's in the 80s, though, man. Ooh, Damiani on the money. 84.2%. Thumbs up for Damiani. Yes, well on done. the money. Uh, an hour, yeah. two minutes long, and 51 minutes and 18 seconds. Uh, sorry, yeah, 18 seconds. That was how much time I think that percentage is too high, actually. I think we do. Which might seem I like madness. But, uh, you know, as uh, as silly as the Forza demo that was not gameplay with the two female drivers who came out, as much people as the, the hate, or, although I got a kick out of it, uh, maybe it was because it was live, because I actually went to the Xbox press conference, but the reveal of the Forza car, um, a player unknown coming out on stage I thought was, was, was cool. I, I do like having someone there. Yeah. Somebody that's not you. And like, <laughs> I don't like the Kobe's. I don't like the Jamie Foxes. I don't like where it's like, why are you here? Like, if, it does, if it's not apparent a why that person is there, but uh, uh, not having a, a Kojima, no, Kojima level this walkout. Time, yeah. um, even if it's not necessarily a surprise, like, oh, that person's there. It's just always nice having someone else go to bat for Sony. Someone who does not directly work for the company coming out on stage to show off something that they're working on. Uh, I just realized that we did not do our musical intro. It's what is important to know is that it's never too late to. Oh. Love and respect. We're on the desk. It's a, we're throwing. We're changing things up. You know what? You know what's very funny, Jones. From now is until that forever. I know there's gonna be a lot of comments. You can delete a comment. You can say you forgot the love and respect song. You could delete it. Nobody's deleting that comment. I know I'm just still going to see a bunch of those. Just save your comments till after the show. Just save them till after the show. You know what? Maybe I'll do a live correction sometimes. Uh, so we have more stats, which are really fun. Uh, the longest demos. And Excellent. I think, I think the longest demo is easy to guess, if you remember correctly. 
This is an 18 minute, 50 second live demo. 18 minutes? Oh, uh, uh, Metroid. Metroid? No, the, sorry, the that, that would not count. We're oh, talking during a press conference? <laughs> during a press conference. 18 minutes, minutes. during a press conference? During a press conference? Who would do such a thing? Sea of Thieves. No. Who would Storm? do this? Uh, Battlefront. Uh, Battlefront. That's right. Oh, multiplayer. Yes. The multiplayer. Just a whole match. We're playing a whole match live yeah, in a press yeah. conference. I actually thought it was pretty Put cool. Yeah, very cool. I think it was directed poorly. Uh, I think it, they had a lot it, of tech. It was also managed poorly because yeah. there's like some, there's like one port where the guy's like, what hero should I pick? Han Solo? The guy's like, yeah, let's get out of this. I was like, you oh, just cut yeah. it. Whoa. Oh. Like you could hear the commenters being like, oh, and this thing, oh, that would be cool to watch. But anyway, moving on. Like directly, oh, yeah. they cut to like NBA Live, like, clearly like an empty screen of yeah. just like what, like an NBA Live menu. And there was like, yeah, camera two, let's go there. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, what are you? I think it was a great concept. And yeah, exactly. Maybe they just didn't have the team prepped for that. Yeah. Um, Damiani was cool getting the Sea of Thieves, which was number two. Nice. That was an eight minute and thirty eight second demo. Neat. Who do you think is number three? The third longest demo. Mm, Assassin's Creed. Forza. No. Mm-mm. Mm, I don't know. Spider Man. Spider Man. Oh, uh, that, oh, yeah, that was eight minutes and thirty three seconds. Uh, Shadow of War. Beneath that, that was a long demo. I realized. Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce. Uh, Days Gone had another long demo. Uh, that was almost yeah. seven minutes. And then Anthem, six minutes forty five seconds. Cool. Uh, here's really interesting though. Ryan Talby's got the stats. I love this. Should be noted, unlike last year, the only demos actually played with a controller in front of the audience was NBA Live during that awkward death stare segment <laughs> and Battlefront 2. Every other demo was really just an extended gameplay video. Mm. Interesting change Including from last Forza, year. Including Forza, which was faked oh man yeah absolutely don't appreciate that microsoft no, no. no. Yeah. uh interesting change from last year when shows made sure we saw someone with a controller in hand do you remember god yeah, of war they it was did like, I'm playing that, yeah. uh, gears four i remember yeah. that, but that was two years ago right yeah um why the change uh love and respect ryan tolby thank you ryan uh i would like to talk about that for a sec why change that maybe they're afraid of uh, oh, glitches fear. and stuff like fear that sure. popping up like you remember Assassin's Creed Four when they showed it, like the demos. Oh yeah, just bug out mm-hmm. during it. Even uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen. Yeah. That? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They don't want moments like you that. You know anymore. what, Jones? It may have been Fifteen. Fifteen may have been the final straw. Because I think Sony did well with its live demos. Uh, uh, Uncharted the year before that was a live demo, and they froze. And they said, we're going to still keep doing that. Yeah. They froze in in place, and we all cheered and had a great time because that was a live demo. It truly bums me out to kill them. Maybe they're like, we already, people already know that they've played it before on stage. Now we can just show without it. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think fear is number one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, like, oh. it's probably fear, and then beneath that, the audience won't care. You're right, mm-hmm. Brad. I think you're totally right. And it is they're missing like, whatever. And again, that's why I give EA so much credit for it's, having it's that. It's so weird demo. that EA, it's like the stiffest presenters, yeah. the least personality, mm-hmm. the, the the most like, you know, corporate <laughs> attitude. Yeah. And yet has this just, you know, almost 20 minute completely free room. Like, you, you know, how hyped are you to play Darth Maul in Battlefront 2? Darth Maul? Uh, what was it? Hubert? It's Hubert. Like I'm not playing Darth Maul. Yeah, but I mean like, <laughs> guess okay, who's so. Brad? Guess who's Brad? Right, Brad. Guess who's Brad? Uh, but like. No, Huber's stoked, stoked on Maul yeah. going into this. Maul gets 34 kills. Yeah. It comes out on sweet. top. You know, it's like every time they kill, like, surely somebody's taking out Darth Maul at this point. They cut back. Nope, there he is. Yeah, Just, both you know, I got a lot of Flipping kills around, too. tearing it up. Like, yeah. that's awesome. That is awesome. And, and a thousand things could have gone wrong. Yeah. And we, we saw a bunch of people play a game, play a, a, a multiplayer battle match in the palace on Naboo. And people were like, Dude, <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is some high Oh, you mean because we hate Naboo? <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, cool, Naboo. Like, like, I hate FAMS so much. I'm yeah. just like, ah! Actually, do you remember, Um, shoot, I forget which Battlefield it was, maybe 4, <laughs> where it was, the, the multiplayer demo seemed pretty scripted. It was the, the four, falling building four. one. That's 4. 
Ah. You remember? And it was actually kind oh, of a bummer yeah. of a demo where they were like, and now people they had, are like, playing people this like live. lined up perfectly oh, to see yeah. it fall down and stuff. And people on jet skis and stuff. <laughs> the jet yeah, skis. and so it is. It's cool. It's refreshing to see EA be the people who are fearless. But it's like you get those shots of Westy getting killed like a hundred times every time that guy would oh, switch yeah. over. Yeah. Like switching away from Han Solo and stuff like that. Next time I would say rehearse, get get an esports team who's used yeah, to. Yeah, you got to find the, the in between on that. Yeah, then you'll be solid. Because it turned out they had spectator tools the whole time, and they barely. Re- oh man. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Here's another really fun one. This is a short one. Uh, ties in with EA. EA owns The Sims. Mm-hmm. EA owns Mass Effect. What if EA makes a Sims game set in the Mass Effect universe? Love and respect, Chris Parberry. I love it. You got the scoop. What a comment! Chris? I love that. No scoop, just a great idea. That's so a is cool this a brand idea. new yeah. release, or is this a pack coming to Sims Four? Mm, this would be a new release. Okay, brand new game. Because that'd be the way to get Stand me alone. in. That'd be the way to like. I'm not gonna buy a Sim a pack for Sims Four, but Sims Mass Effect maybe. Especially with Andromeda all about colonization and yeah. like moving well, on to this new place. What if they have the new Sims? Then they're like, we're gonna have free DLC later on that's Mass Effect themed. Would no, you though. buy it? No, 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 no. This is a game because I think it needs a little more narrative. I think you need a little more to it. What if the save file sinks? I think you it's a unlock crossover. more content in Sims Four in in Mass Effect Sims the further you go along in Andromeda. You know what? I'm out. You grossed me out. Okay, <laughs> so uh, this is m- more stats, more interesting E3 analysis, and that's what's fun to do the week after E3. Uh, we'll we'll see when you get through this whole thing. This is chunky, but I dig it. I dig the stat crunching, everybody. Is Sony getting ready to focus on PSX over E3? Hi guys. Finally, after a long time, I can start supporting the guys who I have been watching for the past few years now. I had a huge Kickstarter bill to pay off. Whoa. Uh, Sorry about reading all this stuff. But (laughs) now I can finally become an ally and support you all. So thank you for putting out the best VG news and content on the net. My question for the panel is, as above, is Sony now starting the process of ditching E3 as their biggest showcase event of the year? in favor of their own event held in December, known as PSX. Here are some figures to help you see the process. Ah. At E3 2015, that was an hour and 33 minutes long. The speaker ratio, we had five Sony executives speaking there and eight developers. In the PSX of that year, more, it was longer, it was an hour and 46 minutes. That had nine Sony executives and seven developers. Then we went back to E3 in 2016. That was an hour and 20 minutes, shortest one yet. Speaker ratio, we had two Sony executives and one developer. Huge, huge drop off there. <clears throat> With this year at Sony? That was last year's Sony. Oh, okay. E3 2016, the two Sony that was Andrew ah, House and it, Sean it. Layden, uh, and just one developer. Yep. Which developer, though? I Kojima. can't remember. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, great. Uh, PSX of last year, again, shorter, an hour and 11 minutes, five Sony executives, zero developers. Hmm. And then E3 this year, one hour runtime, one Sony executive, zero developers. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the runtime and format of this year's PlayStation Experience event to make more comparisons. But after the year of dreams in 2015, is this just a complete change in format for Sony in regards to how they produce their public uh, on stage showcases, or is there something deeper here? Could Sony be edging toward a Nintendo Direct style approach, not specifically direct videos, but in terms of addressing their own fan base directly via a yearly PSSX event and not as a part of the event that is E3? So proud to finally rejoin the family as an Easy Isles patron, love and respect from Ireland, Shenmue Guru, boop, 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 edit, European website, Jagat Review, uh, released an interview this morning. 
with Worldwide Studios President Shuhei Yoshida, where he had this to say, There are things we held back. Yoshida laughed. <laughs> ah! <laughs> we held it back. <laughs> it was definitely a ha-ha. Yeah. Um, we chose not to show those at E3 2017, but there will be more news coming out from our teams later this year, no question. So we had that update kind of supporting this whole theory. Oh, yeah. That PSX is the big show time for Sony now. It's it's a different audience, PSX, I feel like. What's, who they're how, appealing. They're is that appealing, really a different audience? They're appealing to more of their hardcore fan base at PSX, I would say. Like, E3 is for all the big other news outlets out there to see. Like, everyone else, mostly. But PSX is a very focused audience. Yeah, Geo's not going to walk out on E3 and be like, Vita! Yeah, cool, Vita. Like, yeah. They're going to cheer. That's, a, that's a great comparison, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're appealing to the diehard at PSX way more. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see Bloodborne 2. <laughs> I mean, haha, that is where we're going to see more announcements. Yeah, there are absolutely. exclusives yeah. that were being saved for PSX. Yeah, they can't have it all just come out. Damiani, why, though? E3 is the big show, baby. Why not show a big at the big show? Um, who is it? I read some article. Kotaku, okay. Polygon. Someone criticizing E3 again. Um, they were... I forget who we were talking to. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember. Point okay. was, uh, they said, according to someone who works in the industry, uh, E3's... <laughs> this is the worst citation ever. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'll find the article. I'm All not right. making it up. Yeah, they yeah. said E3 is like, too late in the year now. For anyone to care, like, it's earlier and earlier. Though. No, no, no. For for like GameStops and retailers. Oh, on all, that all side. the deals Got are you. signed like in January. By January, and the year is locked up by January. Mm-hmm. So PSX being December is right before that, that that when they lock up those deals. Apparently, really, maybe that's... immediately at like immediately before Christmas. Apparently, that's the window when they, they sign them up. Like E three, huh. like everything's done. It's a done deal mm. for huh. anything coming out that year. So maybe PSX. Sony realized that or seeing that PSX is a good place not to only showcase the, the hardcore fans, but this is a better venue for appealing to, you know, retailers and stuff. So saving some of those bigger exclusive announcements for that has a payoff because they can wow some of them like, oh, wow, I just saw that your show. Uh, yeah, like uh, when we're going to increase our shipment, we saw the reaction from all the fans. Like, we believe that game's going to sell. But E3, it was six months ago. They're like, eh, forget the reaction to that game. Was it good or not? You know? Who you know? Who knows? Like if that's like the full story on that. That's interesting. E three might just might not be at the best time anymore for in terms of the business side of things. Yeah. Which is we don't always call that out. Never. I was we, not even yeah, thinking of that. Angle. We don't talk about that when we talk about like the the press conferences. But yeah. they aren't always just for journalists and the public. It's no, also, it's for Walmart and Target. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. also for retailers <laughs> and distributors. Like they have to see what's hot. But if all those deals are signed for the year supposedly then they're like cool we already that's cool to see how people react to it we already bought this many copies for all of our stores to buy so what cool but the psx as i said oh oh we say don't make cry for five for that all right well we were feeling a little you know unsure about that game but man their reaction all the press coverage that's gonna easily sell a million copies we'll take this much order or something you know yeah so i wonder if yeah i wonder if somebody's watching that and just like oh we bought too much Marvel also, versus Capcom. Business Infinite. people probably like Anaheim a little bit more. A little, little nicer resort area. You got Disneyland right oh, there. Oh no, those LA so, hotels, a, baby. Those me? LA Anaheim? hotels. That Grand Californian hotel, baby. Come on, come on, Damiani. The attractions in, in Anaheim. Those right pools there. on top of those buildings. Come on. Yeah, how close is it to the beach from downtown? Damiani, I'm a, I'm a suit. <laughs> I'm a suit. I don't care what city I'm going to. I'm relaxing. 
I don't, I don't, I don't buy the uh, Anaheim's that free, a nice, that a nice, free all expenses. Skip to the front of the line Disney pass that yeah. Sony's going to be providing. Ooh, all okay, them. All right. <laughs> there you go. That's a perk. That's a perk. <laughs> you find like that uh, Star Wars Land pass. Yeah, then it comes oh, out. So Jones, I do want to talk about this broadly, and I think Damiani brings up an interesting point. I don't just want to talk about Sony in particular, but I want to talk about E3 versus your own personal events. Yeah, and, and the different audiences and the different purposes for these two things. And Brad kind of said, yeah, PSX is more your fans. Do you agree? Like, that's just... Oh, that- yeah, like, Windjammer is a classic example. Yeah. It's like, there's no place for Windjammers at, at, at your E3 And we would have loved Windjammers at E3, though, which is so interesting. But we it would have just got that. overlooked, probably, by yeah. most we people. We would have loved that. But yeah. again, it's like, I think E3, uh, you <laughs> want to announce the things that are going to... are. are are going to excite somebody no matter what kind of gaming fan you are. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, did you see that zombie game that they brought back and we saw more of? That's great. Oh, did you see Spider-Man finally hit it? Oh, they're you know, this huge exclusive franchise, Uncharted. Looks like it's, you know, firing on all cylinders. Oh, hey, Monster Hunter is coming back. You know, like, that's that's a franchise we didn't really know they were going to invest in. Clearly making a huge investment in that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you go to PSX and it's like, I can just come out on stage and say a word and walk off. And it's, you know, whereas, like, E3, like, I, I need to clarify a little bit. I need You need to understand, like... Specifically, what we're doing with that franchise, where it's like if I make a deal right before a PSX, like I could probably get out on stage and show a logo and just say, like, hey, this is also coming. Maybe, like, put that at the end of another announcement that I'm doing before I walk out on stage. And then here's what I would ask Jones is uh, Nintendo is mm-hmm. weird. Nintendo does do directs all year long, but does show up big at E3. Mm-hmm. And I think Nintendo made those announcements, those like, plainly, those, hey, we're just going to show a logo. You're going to show the president of the Pokemon company, and he's just going to say, hey, we're working on that. I'm doodling And right to now. me, that that's, that's like, the core. That's to that fan base. And so I wonder if Nintendo treats E3 differently than it... Uh, well, that's the only, like, conference I'm aware that they show up to, right? Uh, wow. Yeah, Brad, right. Because they don't do Gamescom anymore. They don't do TGS. And they don't do TGS. They do everything themselves except E3, right? Do they do Gamescom? We'll have to learn. No, maybe. Oh, they, they have, like, have things. They have been at Gamescom before. I don't sure. Know I bet do. they do. They've never ever been to Tokyo actually, Game Show. Though. They even show up at Comic Con, don't they? They show. Yeah, up at they, oh, yeah, they, they, big, they, they probably do. Go, show but up are they, they like? Are Comic-Con. they showing like yeah. press conferences though? No, no, no. Comic Con is right. like yes, yeah, consumer focused. They basically. I, it'll be interesting to see this year because E3 was open to the public if they go yeah. big again. Oh, yeah. It was basically like their follow-up show. Look, at E3 was press only, so they took everything that was at E3 pretty much and were like, hey, uh, everyone in the public, come play it. Like, yeah, here, no, here. they'll do it again. They um, need those tanks to live, all those weird stuff they had yeah. to build. Yeah. The only year was like last year they didn't have Zelda playable at it. It was just kind of stinky. It was like, oh, yeah. eh, whatever. Um, what was I going to say? The But Nintendo... Yeah, this the way was, they handle this E3 was a big de- yeah. This was a big deal when Nintendo decided to shift away from live press conferences to to their pre-recorded thing. Um, I mean, yeah, it was for, for a variety of reasons, but they had been kind of shifting towards a direct approach because it makes their own things, their own little mini tentpole events. All eyes are focused on them, mm-hmm. I, and I think companies saw the react. Well, they wanted to wait and see the reaction to it, and it works for Nintendo. You see how even the smallest things. People get worked into a frenzy over it, and and it's a good thing. I don't know how much is moving the needle for like the business end of it, uh-huh. but Sony doing its own focused event just for Sony stuff at the end of the year in its own time slot is like it's like all, even if you don't buy the in business stuff that we were talking about. It's the end of the year. No more games are out. It's like yeah. it's done. Well, everyone's on vacation. It's, it's so like the celebration. Starting we're December first, everyone is tuned yeah. out. And we're starving just for headlines. us. Yeah. For like the for everyone else, it is looking forward to what's next year. Yeah. And they show you off. Here's what you're gonna be playing. Yeah. They show off what you're gonna be mm-hmm. playing next year. 
it's just a big celebration for them. It, it, I think it's worth it. I was, yeah. I know why Microsoft probably doesn't want because they don't have a lot of exclusive games for their own systems. Like, would you really <laughs> got to go there for just like Halo? It's like okay, yes, you but, could. Microsoft, if, please do if, it. If please, Microsoft had a lot, yeah. uh, like a lot of exclusives like that, they would totally be doing that every year. Uh-huh. Um, Nintendo. Well, here's the thing, Damiani, is I think that the, the Nintendo Spotlight had a different vibe from a Nintendo Direct. Like, Reggie was really <laughs> hamming it up with his poetry. And I really think that they yeah. thought this was... I guess E3 is where you compare yourself to your competitors. And I think that's the kind, I think that's why Sony brought what they did to E3 this year. I think they wanted to show how they are different from the other people. They that have such different approaches, honestly. Yeah. And they yeah. each work for them. Like... You, pretty much going forward, Sony is going to be appointment only. Like the, the their thing, how they do it. What do you mean? Like the for on the show floor. Oh, okay. I want to bring in the show floor thing really quick. Sure. Um, like Sony is doing that schedule thing, and they only and open they it have, each day. And so now, if you don't know, they have an app. They yeah, have an they, app where at two points in the day you can f- you can schedule yeah. to get into line. Whether for you're pressed or not, you, yep. you you do it that way. And since yep. it's open to the public now, yep. they tweet out like at this time you can start making your appointments. That's their own thing. They have a very modern looking very simple booth it's not like elaborate it's just a bunch of stations and it's nice looking whereas you look at like nintendo yeah their their spotlight isn't the biggest thing they don't do a big huge press conference anymore but they had this elaborate booth like new donk city themed and stuff with these statues last year Mm -hmm. they did zelda i don't know they this year they did like three like tournament stuff for Pokin, for ARMS, for Splatoon. Yeah. And the previous year, they but brought back Nintendo a, World th- Championship. This year, they did all of that in their own booth. Yeah, they did all that in booth, which yeah. probably was a money-saving tactic. But in the past, yeah. even when they were doing the press conferences, they had big live event, the Smash yeah. Tournament, mm-hmm. that people filled up. Mm-hmm. They had uh, yeah. said the Nintendo World Championship. I think Nintendo likes to show up big at E3. Yeah, they do their own thing. Yeah. I think they're maybe this year, because when did it happen? When did Nokia become the Microsoft Theater? Last year, yeah, and yeah. they didn't do anything last year for a big. So it's just Zelda. Remember, they didn't do. I don't remember them doing a big side event. I don't think they did. No, they did the thing the, before with the Mario Maker. That yeah. was the year before. I, yeah, I don't think they had a tournament last Wonder year. Wonder if they just don't want to use that. That was a theater they were using for all those events. Yeah, and now it's Microsoft's theater. Yeah, yeah directs the feel like Mario. a PSX <laughs> shattered into yeah. several pieces. You yeah, know, it's just kind of like, and 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 I think that's one nice thing because I don't look at. I don't think E3 hurts PSX. I don't think PSX hurts E3. I think they're like two, you're two sides of the same coin where it's like we win both ways. Like we're, we, we show up to the big party that everybody else is at. Yeah. We bring fun stuff. We show what we can do. Uh, we just we, we take our own slice of those announcements of that community, of that buzz throughout that week. And then we show up, like we said, at a time where not a lot of people are really talking about anything. And boom, and we have all these fun announcements. Yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, Gamescom used to have press conferences, and I think those are just gone. It's crazy. It's a bad time. Like there, sure. It's not the best time. Was it August? Some it's, games comments. Uh, yeah, yeah. August and September's TGS. Like I feel like those are just. Oh, I mean, Gamescom is just a bad time. It's also when. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I was looking up. Uh, GameStop Expo, which is where companies go to to really convince you know retailers to buy their stuff. Yeah. Like to support the whole end of years when things get locked up. So that's happening end of August. So it means that September, October, November, those last few months are when the deals start to happen to secure that. The deals. So, um, but yeah, Gamescom seemed to be like a huge thing in terms of press conferences, and each year it seems to get weaker and weaker yeah. uh, for that. Um, it's like almost like Sony is like the only thing sometimes, and then even Sony... Didn't, uh, Blizzard revealed Legion there, didn't they? They had like that whole big at thing. Gamescom. Yeah. Yes. Ooh. Yes, they did. Blizzard seems to go big at Gamescom. Why not? Oh, because they hold the event. They have the uh, the national. Is that oh, what that? Okay. the international? Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, yeah. 
Uh, that's where they have their big yeah, Dota like, thing. TGS cool. is just like Dota. a weird thing. They still have a yeah, press man. conference. Sorry, I'm thinking of Valve. Yeah, you're so, thinking of Valve. So Valve shows up big at Gamescom. Right. Blizzard has so, their own event. Blizzard does as well. They don't even know Gamescom. They showed up at Gamescom though. Yeah, that's weird. Blizzcon's a U.S. I mean, it's held in the U.S. I know it's meant for international, but it's harder for international people to yeah. go to that. Interesting. Like, StarCraft 2 was blown out big at, at Gamescom the year we went. Um, <coughs> yeah, I don't want to see Gamescom deflate. I, I would like for them to have press conferences. It's just everything is, like, second half of the year focused. Like, what is in the, the, the beginning half of the year? And, like, PSX being in the December month, like, they own that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, December is almost, like, becoming synonymous with Sony now. It's like, December, Sony month. They have PSX. So cool. Yeah. It's uh, crazy they can pull this off. Something that's that made me think of too, just to yeah. add on, uh, to just get to try to get into the developer's mindset about how the calendar year works. Yeah, you were talking about January. A lot of the deals are, are locked down. By the time we get to E3, it's like this stuff's been bought and sold for months now. I think another thing that's been bought and sold is the demos, like that Spider-Man demo. I think you know e- even earlier than than the January of 2017 was already figured out. Like they they knew going in. Okay, what 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 are we demoing in five months? And just like oh, let's do the Mr. Negative scene. And like ah, okay, well then let's have a sect of our development team just focus on that for the next five months. Yeah, do other things, but constantly return. Like we know it's going to be that demo because you cannot put that stuff together you ever in watch, a month. Did you, you ever know, watch like, uh, the behind the scenes feature on God of War Two, where they talk about getting ready for E3? It is so fun to watch because they stress about their demo and they have it. Yeah. They have it like basically spaced out, and they're like, "Oh, this stupid Pegasus thing. We can't figure out how to make it fun, but it's got to be in our E3 demo. It's got to be." Well, yeah. And just like the the stress they had. Well, Halo Two E3. is the funniest story ever, where they had made a thing that wasn't even in the game, you oh, know, yeah. and then they mm-hmm. they got on this huge high from E3, and then that yeah. week after they were like, "Shit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. wasted so much time mm-hmm. like working on that demo." Yeah. And so I, I a lot of times when I go to because E3 kicks off the whole summer, so it's then Comic Con and then it's you know PAX and then Gamescom and TGS, and there's like a lot of events after that and the, the number one question whenever I go check stuff out is like is this the same demo at E3 and so mm-hmm. I think they start to hit that mark of like do we want to push and hit that E3 because that's all the most eyes are going to be on us yeah. and then have that be the same demo that shows up throughout the summer or do we want to push it back and then make the big push at Comic Con because we don't we, we're not going to be ready by E3 or mm-hmm. PAX or uh, another show or yeah. Gamescom but it helps to be ready by E3 it helps but E3 is that yeah. first yeah, yeah you can hit it by that first show you, you win I got two more I want to get through these excellent okay. love them Hey, allies, uh, no questions this week. Oh, yeah, this is just a sweet one. Uh, just a big heap and scoop of love and respect. Ooh. My parents recently had to move in with me for a month while transitioning to a new house. By the way, like, bless you for doing for Yeah, that's a test. <laughs> that's a good child. Uh, this coincidentally overlapped with your solid week of quality E3 coverage. This inevitably led to my parents sitting with you all, my <laughs> wife, and myself through every single press conference, stream, and impression. Wow. Since then... What's up, Mom and Dad? Uh, yeah, and what's up? Uh, my parents have learned all of your names. My father's excited for this week's Tabletop Escapades Big Bug Battle. <laughs> my mother is actively following Kyle's journey to beat Wozniak, and both have shown concern for Damiani's lack of sleep over playing too much Stormblood. <laughs> yes! As have the rest of us. Yeah. We're all in the same boat, yeah, folks. We're concerned, too. Uh, just know your personalities, positivity, hype, love, and respect literally bleeds out of your community, literally bleeds, uh, and offers a welcoming and inviting view for outsiders to appreciate this world we all love so much. Thank you, Brandon Patton at Thumb, Thumb Blister, but the B is used once. Thank cool you. comments. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. What a Jeez. cool week that must have yeah, been yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the folks and everything. Yeah, that's cool. Um, 
That's so funny. The idea of parents. Yeah, like this parents stuff like. That we just imagine that first conversation. So what's uh, what's going on this week? You're like, well, <laughs> E3. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, good week to tune in. Absolutely, but I, I I get that. I get that. Sometimes even though if you don't know what people are talking about, just the passion, the excitement, uh, mm-hmm. you get invested in those things, and I think that's pretty cool. Let's see if thieves. Yep. Especially, uh, yeah, once you see one, Jones talk about it, One you get comment it. that I saw that uh, I love getting a fresh perspective, stepping outside of this garage and just kind of looking at it, you know, from bird's eye view. One comment that really stood out to me that I saw in chat one time was somebody just, just jumped in and they were like, this is great. Like, I, I love Easy Allies. and just like, cool to meet the community. And somebody was like, cool, yeah. It'll take you a couple streams to get all the inside jokes, but then you'll be dialed in, you know? <laughs> Sorry about and that. And yeah, like, it hit me yeah. like, oh, that totally is a barrier to entry. Like, oh, you could yeah. just tune in out of, out of nowhere and be like, what language are they speaking? Which, like, what crazy stuff yeah, is going on? That's why we had to kill that. So that's why yeah, I love yeah. you. Lock that, you know, lock that away. Yeah, it's gone. Um, and so the fact that you know uh, different people from different eras, you know, can can join and different and, eras uh, can mm-hmm. can can enjoy our window into this fun, fascinating industry. Sometimes we do weird stuff that I think looks like an inside joke. It is just us being weird. Like, let's say yeah. I just went like, grapple, grapple. Yeah. And somebody was like, "What's the grapple, grapple?" And yeah. it's like, "No, Kyle just does stuff like that." That's right. And the, half of the time, I'm out of it too. Like, I don't find out about this stuff until later. Oh, and you know so. what? I just realized we said E3 a thousand times and I'm not. Oh, I know. Baby. No, I've been. I've oh, been. Man. Every you time. One. Every time you've oh. killed me a little bit inside. Grabble, grabble. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, cool comment. Uh, you know what? I did this backwards. We have a, we have like a tough one to go through here. Here we go. Ugh. Oh, not like emotionally tough. Just oh, like, okay. this, you know. Hi, allies. I don't like the Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer because it's callous. A quality that I see threatening the artistic value of video games. Mm. There we go. Mm-hmm. We're shown two heroes making a daring escape, yep. and we're asked to share in their exhilaration. I see a police force that has fired missiles into a congested city area. I see a police ship damaged and losing altitude, which is about to destroy lives and livelihoods in the city below. But who cares? We, the heroes, got what we wanted. Clearly a primary pleasure video games give us is the sense of power. We make superhuman jumps, shoot supernatural weapons, and survive fatal circumstances, and it makes us feel good. But, like dictators, we're losing touch with marginal characters, and with that, the feelings of weakness, inconsequentiality, and vulnerability that make us human. Not all escapism is equally desirable. I'm wondering if anyone on the panel agrees with me or if you dismiss my concern concerns as just another variation of the tired out argument that violent video games make kids violent. Love and respect, Professor Nanaki. A lot going on there. Yeah, a lot going mm-hmm. on there. Uh, yeah, interesting takeaway from that trailer, which I didn't even like, oh man, they really are killing lots of people. So I don't know, kind of interesting. I, I think you lose something in that piece of media by not knowing what they're stealing and why they're stealing it. I like the mystery. Yeah. You know, especially oh, with I mean, space they're, exploration. They're stealing it's, that chip that gives exciting. us the coordinates to that thing. Right, but yeah. did they originally have that? Are they good guys, necessarily? You know, no. They're are clearly they, not yeah. good guys. Yeah. You know, so um, it's, it, for me, it was tough to like them. It, sure. it, it was it was tough to get on their side. So you kind of feel this way. You're getting that. Um, yeah, it was. It was. A, it's a mixed bag. The 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 vibes that I got from that trailer. Uh, the the carefreeness, you know, uh, seemed a little a little strange. It's like they were experts, but they were super clumsy. You know, like they they pulled it off, but like he didn't he, he didn't make that thing well enough to last more than five seconds in the guy's hands before it just melted apart. Like, mm-hmm. did he do that knowing it would fail, and so he would leave? 
You know, it's like he shoots the thing directly above him, and yet the glass only falls on the other guy. There's just a lot of details that are, like, strange. It's cartoonish world. That are, seem very convenient. Yeah. That seems like, oh, this is cartoon. This is Looney Tunes. Got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, And it's like, no, 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 it's not Looney Tunes. It's very realistic. It's modern. Look how realistic everything looks. But then it's kind of carefree, but it's also very serious. It just kind of it seemed to ping pong a little bit. That's anime, man. Done. <laughs> Question answered. No, no, Moving no. on. Because that's what I would say is anime does that a lot. You know what I mean? You're having a super serious scene and the next time it's like boop, 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 yeah, yeah. and then like their heads will do make weird shapes. Um, but yeah, I guess I'm used to that kind of tonal uh, back and forth. Uh, but here's the thing is like in GTA 5, it's fun. It's fun to shoot people. You know, it's sure. awful. It's bad to shoot people, right. but it's fun. It's fun to do that. And that is weird because that's an awful chaos, thing to do. Basically. It's yeah. It's fun to cause chaos in a video game, but that's that's wrong. And that happens in real life, and that's terrible. And so it is really interesting, is like uh, that dynamic, you know what I mean? That you can point at GTA V and you can say, yeah, I did horrible things in that game. Uh, is that a, a poor reflection on the art form? Is, is originally how I think that was introduced, that... that uh, Sorry, I well, I mean, look at look at like Yakuza. Much. You know, yeah. it's like that. That is that is a franchise I do not have a lot of experience in. Uh, that is a franchise that that potentially seem a little over the top to me. Sure, but like from how it's been explained to me by Ben Moore and Michael Huber, two people and and you, Brad, but like yeah. two two people not at this table who are very passionate about that franchise. I never believe is it. it's not just like oh uh, these guys are just bad guys and they just go out and they do bad things. They're mean, mean to everybody. You know, there's just lots of mean happening in this game. It's like no, there's there's like, you, you got to know where these characters are coming from and yeah. and, and uh, why it, w- what means stuff to them and uh, it's very different. Honor is extremely important. Yeah. Lineage is extremely important. Uh, there's a lot of things they feel like are expected of them of how to act decisions that they need to make so it's not just as simple as like being an ass you know like to me that can't go very far in a game so i either like something like a hitman where it's like it's kind of up to you to figure out what agent 47 is up to in his brain we don't really give you anything yeah you know this is kind of a blank slate or or give me a max Payne where it's like no it's loaded (laughs) there's a lot of backstory there if you really want to dig into it like Mm -hmm. gta 5 has a lot of backstory on the characters and it makes sense they're like motivations or anything like that yeah but when people are playing online when they are causing chaos that's not that's not there that's not there at all sure yeah very much not so yeah and i would argue that's that's not hurting the art of video games it's just fun. Yeah, I, I, I get I get the arguments, and I get that it feels weird to cheer for these people who are it's it's an ape who's causing chaos in a huge city. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't hurt the other games that are trying to strive for more, is what I would say. I think some games are going for art, and some games are. going I think for there's room for chaos. All, all types in yeah. the medium. I don't um, think necessarily need one type and eradicate the others. Right, Damiani, do you think do you think it's like wrong to enjoy games like that? I mean, sorry, I've been like thinking about this like as you've been answering. Yeah. I'm thinking about the, the, the an answer for this to address the question. I mean I think that there there's a lot of layers to this. Sure. I, I think the first thing is that in the the escapism part of it and sort of the artistic part of it, in the way that in games where you're able to do things that are, are on the violent side, whether it's killing or engaging even in shooting and stuff, um, I think there is I think it's valid in and worthwhile to explore that in terms of how these developers believe like it should be depicted in terms of how how it looks to them like some game shooting looks goofy and animated it's cartoonish it's yeah. not realistic and it's giving hum- yourself as a person a way to explore a little bit of that kind of you know that 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 activity without actually crossing uh, basically saying 
how far can they push before it's like crossing a line in terms of some stuff in, in terms of video games are a way to experience things you cannot do in real life whether yeah, you're there's... you're inhibited by skill which mm-hmm. is like a lot of people love to play sports games or action games because like i can never go out and do that yeah like uh, i'm getting uh, the closest taste i can of doing this but there are no consequences as well as the other part of the equation in that yeah. um most rational human beings do not want to go out and like murder people right like there's something telling them like that's very bad but in a game there's part of your humanity has to question, like, what is it like? Like, you have some kind of curiosity there. Like, even visually, what does it look like? like? You can go watch it on television. You can see in the news, which is the most realistic and probably the most, you know, hard-hitting form of it. Mm-hmm. Which is why they have to, like, usually warn you about seeing it. Because it's the more real it gets, the harder it is for most people to process and deal with it. Whereas video games, I think, is just, like, this most fanta- one of the most fantastical versions of it. That it's easier for your brain to process and start coming to terms with the concept of it like everyone knows the concept of death and killing and stuff at a usually at a young age and right and wrong but the more you get to see and expose what i think your brain's able to process it more deeply and at a higher level and without short of actually doing yourself which you know no one should be ever doing that right you need a way i think to develop as a person to process that and to like intellectually think about that that, that kind of activity and games are an interesting way to see how developers try and like push that um but here's the thing on top of this i think that it's a very good thing that children are in gta that mm-hmm. what G- children aren't in gta are 5. not okay. yeah yeah you can the elderly uh disabled people yeah like, yeah they, there's a line definitely yeah. the rock and, that's, and that's weird that there is a line that they say you know what not them you know mm-hmm. because yeah like <clears throat> that starts bringing up yeah obviously it starts going into the moral quandaries like that yeah. i mean when i was saying push the line like i think they're like things like the, the no russian level like that was hard for some people for to go Call through. Duty. Oh yeah, yeah. Call of Duty. And yeah. what's like, weird is I like, think you are yeah. It was responsibly hard to deal with. Yeah, I, I think I, it's <laughs> easy to say Call of Duty is cheesy and weird, what mm-hmm. you look at it like today, but I think that level actually had a purpose at that time and was affecting. Uh, which is so it is interesting to bring that one up. Yeah, I mean, there's m- way more violent games than, than Grand Theft Auto out there. Uh, what was the Manhunt? The yeah. That one, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that one, you know, probably drew a lot more criticism and controversy than anything GTA. Right. But done. for me, man, that was boring. Yeah. You know, because a lot of it was just repetitive. You know, oh, I'm yeah. just like, all right, there's just you're not giving me more stakes to to, to make me really realize. Oh, okay, I'm gonna, I really want this character to get out of the situation. It's like I don't care about any of these people. I like, mean, I can. You can all just be awful and. And I think as I'm opposed to those else. things, I think Beyond Good and Evil Two does present itself in a cartoonish way. I think I think it. it, mm, it I think it does protects too. itself. It's doing what, like yeah, like think of like scenes in any like the summer action films. Like how many times? Do, I mean, it gets called out sometimes. Sometimes like Civil War, they try to go a little bit deeper and a little bit more like realistic. Like hey, you guys are like destroying shit. You can't keep doing that. You actually kill people. <laughs> yeah. All this cool king shit you do, it kills people. Oh, like, like the I, intro, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. why we want to put these like the Wakuvia chords on you because like you need right. to be kept in check. Could you ever remember? Like, Tony, yeah, Tony Stark's I, like... I he, love Tony Stark's line where he's like, well, yeah. we are out there kicking ass. Yeah. I love his, like, you know, play on, like, yeah, well, I saw that movie and I liked it, but I guess I shouldn't have. You know, it's like, it's good to question that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and games do... I think games do a good job of that in their own way in certain games. Like, Telltale Walking Dead, the original ones, and then, you know, just the Walking Dead series of games. The choice, the consequences of your choices. Like, characters will die. Like, they seem like very simple... Like, you know, but very, they're very simple decisions. They have so much meaning behind them. They do such a good job of something that's not like, like determining the fate of the world. You're not shooting out a battleship. You're not like blowing up the Death Star. It's like, 
do I go with this character down this hall or do I let them go by themselves? Oh, that person might die by just telling them to go. Like, that stuff. Like, it, what's it, actually, like, what's interesting about The Walking Dead to bring up is that it's a very cartoonish looking game mm-hmm. in its look. And just like the graphic novel isn't. You know, it's like, hey, this is not for kids. This is not jokey. This is not silly. Yeah. And and, and it, that even way, though think, the, the picture of it, yeah, yeah, it's still trying to get you at that level of, yeah. do you understand the, the the consequences of your actions? Yeah. Some games do it differently as well. I know this is gonna sound hilarious, but like on a grander scale, because they were talking about the scene with the the, the police uh, cruiser yeah. crashing into a building, so like right. large scale destruction. Yeah. Um. The Fire Emblem Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn as played those two games played together. Okay. So the first game, you're Ike's Mer- Grail mercenaries trying to liberate your country. You go around all these other countries, you do your thing. Sure. You're the heroes. You see it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. The second game starts out. You see it from the opposing country's perspective. To you, you are con- to them, you are conquerors. Are these both the GameCube games? One's GameCube, one's Wii. Okay. To them, you were the conquerors who obliterated their nation. Like you, you. Ike's ru- the bad guy. Yeah, they're like they, they want to defeat them. They're like you, wow, you just ruined our nation. Like these innocent people died and are suffering because of your stupid little conquest. Why do you have to come here and like conquer a country and stuff? Like, in any any every good and evil is not always black and white. Like whenever there's someone like in any fight of any kind, like it's perspective to some one side. The good guys you're presented in a movie, like mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, to like, like Pir- from, to Pirates of the Caribbean, to like any franchise, one side you're presented as the good guys, the, these are the heroes, but some other group of people, they are the villains. They are not the good guys. That's yeah. like it's it's never as clear cut as that, and all, and very few games I think do that. That show that we're presenting this as a feel good happy you're you're like the saviors here but to somebody else even not that I'm talking about like the villains like the presented yeah, villains actually, to like yeah. other, to like innocent people yeah. you like from their perspective you are like not good to them and so, these are clearly yeah. pirates they have a pirate ship and in pirate movies, you see pirates just blast open the colonialists. It's like, bye. It's like, are they all, are, is everybody a bad guy in that boat? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, fun comment. We got a lot of discussion out of that, but we got to move on. It's yeah. time for bets. Next week's bet, Valkyria Revolution releases, uh, launches on Tuesday, June 27th. A little snickering from Michael Damiani. You're not excited about that? I'm not excited about that game. That could be about the complex sides of wars. We don't know. It could be. Mm. I don't think so. I don't Though think so. Chronicles One definitely does. Yeah, yeah good. Another good example, actually. Anyway, of like cartoonist style, but mm-hmm. handling some serious things. Um, how many viewers will it have on Twitch.tv at this time next week? Brandon Jones, what's your bet? Four hundred. <gasps> Damn. Three hundred. Oh, dude, what? I want huge. 7,000. 7,000 is a leap, Brad. I said 319. So, oh, okay. dude, let's okay, go. Okay, so I got the low. Oh, no, Tommy has got right. the low. Oh, no, it's going to be like 20. It's got that, it's got that anime fan base, no, I, I believe. There's well, going to be like, out in Japan, though, so I feel shit. like it's gone. There's going to be somebody like helping Brad out, somebody with a huge community. Oh, no. So, like Rocket Beans. <clears> that's that's the worst. That that uh, let's talk about last week's bet. ARMS released last Friday. At uh, right now, how many views will it have on Nintendo's official YouTube upload of the ARMS Grand Finals? Uh, we checked before the podcast, so it's not this very second, but it, it's irrelevant for this. A bet. fantastic opportunity for the Purple Platypie. Oh, they yeah, got they had three. Four votes on this, right? No, I didn't get Don. I didn't get, get Don, didn't get they Don had the this three? week either, yeah. Okay. I need to see Don's face for me to remember to take his bet. Got it. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll be Don's responsibility to call me or something. Anyway, or, Damiani. Or the purple pot of pie, just saying. Yeah, or the purple pot of pie. Yeah, Damiani, you bet 150K. Ben bet 273,000. 
Huber bet 375,000. I bet 540,322. The actual number is 33104. So Huber, extremely close. Uh, just, uh, what, 45 off uh, is the winner. Brad, you're in that Huber seat. Oh, dang. We'll get to that. But the Purple Platypi now have nine points. <laughs> Jones, did you do that noise? I didn't. Oh, so it was Damiani. Yeah. Whoa. Like perfectly in time with yeah. Brad there. I couldn't even believe it. I thought Jones stepped in there. Mm. Wow, Damiani, really good. Uh, Red Eagle 16. Kaka. <laughs> It's a fancy caca. Picturing an eagle doing that's super funny. Caca. Like a cup of whiskey with him. Caca. Caca. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Easy Allies. Easy Allies is, uh, you know, it's we do lots of things other than this very podcast. Uh, we do live streams. We do previews of video games. We did many previews of video games during E3. Uh, so check out EasyEyes.com to see all of that neatly organized because it was a lot of videos. Reactions. Uh, reactions. Our top videos from E3, all reactions. So oh, yeah. They love them. Yeah, I don't love the reactions. <laughs> they You're, do well. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta react. It's, the time, it's, it's that time of year, baby. Yeah, it's that time of the year. Uh, yeah, lots of stuff. So check out EasyAllies.com and check out Patreon.com slash EasyAllies to see how you might be able to support the Easy Allies uh, and how we might be able to give back to you in return. Uh, Case up? in point, this desk. What's up? This desk was an investment that we made uh, in E3. We now do the podcast at a desk. Hopefully for people that are like, yeah, but I listen to the podcast. What do I care? Oh. Uh, the mics are now placed. So you don't get the like this stuff where I'm talking over there. And then I come back and like everyone's focused. Everybody can see each other and be on mic at the same time. Oh, it is right. It Curious is nice audio wise well. how like this that. affects the, mm. the podcast. Yeah. Um, you're right. So, and, it is and that was just something through the support. That was not a, a tier. That was not a goal that we had on Patreon.com. Yeah. That was just uh, an investment we were willing to make. Uh, and I'm curious to see, uh, um, this, consider this Mark 1 of the Easy Allies official desk. Mark Great. One. I'm, I'm eager yeah. to move on to Mark 2 almost immediately. Iron Man, baby. <laughs> just keep uh, upgrading. I should say, even if you hate this, even if you miss the couch desperately, we probably won't change. Those mic stands are terrible. They're like mm-hmm. yeah. bobbed down all yeah. the time. Those are time-consuming. The two people in the middle of <laughs> Kyle and I are just yeah. not comfortable. This, yes. is, this is the way a podcast should be done. This was a fun podcast. Yeah, yeah. it was good. Yeah, yeah. This is, I actually really do like the table set up. Nice. Uh, Brad. Yes. Because you are, and no, let's talk about goals, sorry. How'd you do on your goal this week? Uh, at first denied. So you, your goal the, was to give Damiani he, a cookie? Yeah, he fake ate it, though. And then Jones ate and it. And then I real ate it. But okay. that's a win for me, you know. So <laughs> sure, sure. Brad's taking the win. Damiani, how'd you do on your goal this week? I forgot my word. So. Suscitate? Failure. Suscitate? Suscitate? Suscitate. Susslitude? Sucker. Susslitude. Doesn't he, couldn't even tell you what it is now. Yeah. That is a goal Susceptible. fail. <laughs> Resuscitate. Jones, how did you do on your goal this week? Uh, I did good. You did thumbs Gave up everybody, everybody thumbs up. Nice, Jones. Yeah. I, I bailed on my goal. Totally forgot you about it. You got one Not even got one. Yeah. One when you were announcing what the goal was. Oh, that's bad. Couldn't even get the second time That's bad. Man. You know, because I got I to gotta moderate it at the same time. It's hard to remember everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, boy. <sighs> Brad, you're in that seat that won the bet this week. So you get the right and responsibility to share your Twitter handle with the world. Cool. You get to promote any Easy Eyes video you would like to promote. There's a lot of them out there. Uh, you get to uh, get the final word on anything you've disagreed with or simply want to reiterate. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. <laughs> uh, sure, you can find me on Twitter at BradleyEllis87. Uh, the video I want to promote is Frame Trap from E3. With Kyle, oh, that's a good Brandon, one. and Michael yeah. Heber. Yeah, that's a good podcast. I sat it out because mm-hmm. I won last year. Yeah. 
We got whole lore going with that. Did you win last year? Yeah, I won last time. Nobody won this year. There was no winner. I thought Brandon We all won. won. Oh, what? Yeah, we all won. We all got to continue. Uh, ben said I ascended. Yes, you did. So, well, maybe none of you are good enough? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, we all get to keep going. <laughs> right. None of us were killed. Okay. If this sounds confusing, there's like an RP element, the role-playing element okay. to the way that we covered E3 on yeah, Frame yeah, yeah, Trap. Yeah. It's, it I'm sounds stupid. Yeah. Too much to explain really right yeah. now. Yeah. You yeah. just got to dig in. It's good. But it's, it's good. a great video, great discussions. Yeah. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Moore in rare form. Yes. Ben Moore completely in control of the narrative. Mm-hmm. All of us ha- just waiting on the edge of our seat for the next words out of Ben Moore's mouth. Well, actually, I think he like he lets us add a lot, too, which is really mm-hmm. nice. He's like a good DM. He lets us play along. Love it. Yeah. Um, final word. You're going to see Bloodborne 2 at PSX. Count on it. I believe 100%. And uh, always... For my boy General Hux, somewhere out there in space right now, dreaming about his accomplishments, thinking back to that day where he blew up the Senate, going, fuck the Republic and fuck the Senate! Fire! I am enjoying these microtransactions.